Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into Power Athlete Radio. If you think you've heard the crew criticize the vegan lifestyle, you ain't heard nothing yet. With the fire of a thousand suns, the nerdiness of 1,000 Rob Wolves, and the repetition of beating a thousand dead horses, John leads the charge against recent vegan propaganda on Netflix, The Game Changers. Why, might you ask, did John watch the documentary over several days, pausing after each outrageous nutrition claim? He was diving balls deep into research that outright refuted the claims being made by the producer. Call it an obsession with rationality, call it an omnivore's search for the truth, or just call it John Wellborn breaking his foot off in the ass of pseudoscience. I call it pure infotainment. Here it is, episode 335. One of these... uh action mm-hmm. yeah it's called chop block yeah we what do is chop block like, mm-hmm. chop block action clap Peter. block it's called a clap block i think it's called a clap stick it's called a clap clapboard clapboard i think it's called a clapboard 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 it is it is a clapper uh, no it's called cl- uh, the clap the clap Search the clap. Pictures. Google images. The clipper. The clap. No. The clap. I'm not doing... This is not the... Search for the clap on Google like images. You tricked me into boner research for game changers. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we talk boners on Power Athlete Radio, the premier podcast in... Strength, strength and conditioning. Ing, ing, That may be a pretty crude intro, but (laughs) it's not wrong. I would say of the two hours that you have ahead of you. Uh, Two and a half. Two and a half you have ahead of you. Only five-ish minutes is dedicated to erections. Is that a fair assumption? It could have gone longer. And it's the exact (laughs) expectation you can get if you're planning on watching Game Changers. A mockumentary, what should be called a mockumentary, a documentary. Well, I, I think it should be called uh, propaganda. Mm-hmm. So like propaganda movies, they're movies made to uh, push a the, political shock, agenda. They, they call them, I believe they do call them shockumentaries. Oh, you mean they, Will Smith movies? Are. No, Tex, you shame <laughs> on you. The man has done nothing but good, and you. this is how you treat him. <laughs> this is funny. Men in Black, dude. Uh, I did like Men in Black. You're giving me a, a frown on Men in Black 1. Oh, one, great. Two, uh, three. Uh, two's okay. Did they just bring in like a, really a, a, a Chris uh, Helmsworth, Helmsworth yeah. which I just don't see him in the middle. No, he's oh, actually, I did see it, and he's probably the only bright star in that movie. Well, he, Shocker. Is, he is a bright star. No, he, yeah, he's, he's great. He was funny. He was good. But then everything else around it, the story, the theme, and mm-hmm. what they are pushing, not a fan. Okay, fair enough. Text Mr. Deep Dive can't just enjoy things. We're just going to call him Deep State. Deep State. So, ladies and gentlemen... If you're, we're gonna here's what we're gonna do today. We're tearing into game changers, right? If you guys aren't familiar. There's a uh, propaganda movie going around pushing a plant based diet over. That's, that's what I was looking uh, for. I was trying to, you know, a traditional uh, non crazy person diet, mm-hmm. one that consists of um, you know pasture raised meats, mm-hmm. fruits and veggies, mm-hmm. and some appropriate carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, long story short is we're gonna just dig into the stuff we didn't like about it, and it just naturally progresses into how we should have spent our two hours <laughs> which is watching dozens of movies we discussed so um well strap yourself unfortunately in. uh game changers about 90 minutes i spent three hours watching it because i kept pausing it and then i mm-hmm. took about another day to, to pull up some research and try to piece through it and uh it's fucking awful and i'm not going to get that time back in my life. <sighs> like here's my thing though 
Yeah, it's bad. I was I was going to try and find a silver lining. It's well produced. It's shiny. But like you're the problem is you if if you're if you are a listener of this podcast, if you've been following John and Power Athlete and you've heeded our nutritional advice, you know how much it can benefit you. And you're going to go into this and just shake your head and be like, are people still believing this shit? And the answer is yes. And uh, a lot of it's just the same, same old song and dance and just, you know, putting lipstick on a pig and chain telling just crafting facts to, to suit your narrative. Right. Yeah. And that's the whole, that's the whole premise of the movie, but we're going to break it down, dig, dive deep into it. John's going to dig into his classics background. Um, and Tex and I, for the most part, just strap ourselves in for the ride until we get talking amazing actresses like Megan Fox, Sandra actors Ball. like Will Smith. Oh, no. Sandra Bullock. <laughs> so, ladies Sandra and gentlemen, Bullock. if you want about 50, 50 to 60 minutes of good nutritional talk and banter on this Game Changers, another hour and a half on uh, cinema, strap yourselves Smith. in. Feel the G's. But first, literally, as this drops, as this airs, if you are a first weekend listener, this is your last weekend to get all access oh. passes to the Power Athlete Symposium. Dude, the Power Athlete Symposium before, is coming up. Yeah, before late registration starts. There's tickets left. There's tickets left, people. But prices are going up because you know what? You, you mess up the whole mojo when you procrastinate. Me, the intern, McQuilkin, John, we have things to do to prep for the party. And if you're registering two to three weeks out, we got to change the game plan, man. We have a practical session that we have planned that is going to blow the roof off of East Austin Athletic Club where we're having every attendee participate in the power athlete practical boom yeah we're going to be taking you through it's about two and a half hours uh six nine nine movements we will be teaching you that you need to be taking into your training or taking to your clients totally uh gonna blow some minds it's gonna be great we have dozens of coaches there to ready to help out uh it's gonna be epic but you need to get registered it's not too late just know that you're going to pay the ultimate price, your life. <laughs> you must, you will die if you buy late registration. Just kidding. But we'll see you there. And for those of you, the um, 180 or so who's already registered, we're going to see you in Austin, Texas, the 5th, 6th, and 7th of December. Callie is going to be there. Uh, Tex is going to be there. I'm going to be there. John's going to be there. Friend of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Jean Wellborn also allegedly making a appearance mm -hmm. is the penguin going to be there we out the penguin well, it sounds like he's going to be there i can't wait till uh I, I get to drop my new podcast with the penguin oh what is what's the title of said podcast uh, don't worry about it uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hashtag i don't know yet <laughs> i'm gonna you know uh, like when i come out with my own podcast and me and the penguin are on there the penguin and i um me and the penguin that's the name of the podcast yeah events.powerathletehq.com slash symposium. That's where you find out everything about it. Speakers have been announced. Listen, that's old news. Get there. Uh, feats of strength oh, also yeah. finalizing. Oh, done. speaking of what you have to do, intern, we need to re rework the game plan on that. Not rework it, but revisit it. Yeah, because we're going to have feats of strength for events for you to compete in. It's going to be epic. It's, it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. Best symposium ever. Just like this is probably the best episode of Power Athlete Radio ever. So it's pretty fun. Here we go. Uh, your co-host Luke, Tex, and our special guest has Friend come down podcast. from the Ivory Tower, Mister John Wellborn, founder CEO of Power Athlete Powercast. Um, is that Mark Bell's? Yeah, no, the we're Powercast. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, 
I don't know. I've never listened to it. Neither have I. I think I was on it once, though. Doesn't he sell just those rubber bands you put on your arms? Ah, it's kind of like the magnets <laughs> that they sell at the, uh, at the mall. It's kind of like his products. With your name oh, on the it? the magnet wrist bracelet yeah, like for in, balance? You know how you like go in there and they're like, hey, put these magnets in your shoes and it's going to make you taller? Uh-huh. That's kind of I mean, like no. his products. Oh, I get it. So they make you taller. Interesting. Enough about us. Enough about Mark Bell. <laughs> Let's talk about Sandra Bullock. Oh, yeah. Ready? Go. Do it. Yeah. Tell me what's going on at 290 Club. Did they get a makeover? They, they did. So I have not been. Rumor has it that Dave Spanton uh, is not working at Blackhawk Lending, that he's now managing the 290 West Club. I would. It would not surprise me. Yeah. You know, he's got his hands on a lot of pies. I'm going with Dave Spanton as the new uh, owner-operator of the 290 West Club. No wonder it's called the Last Chance Saloon. Yeah. The last time that I was there, I went with Nate and Dusty. And so we just stumbled upon. Uh, have you watched the Browns play football yet? Their head coach looks homeless. Yeah, no, um, Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchen, like soup kitchen. Yeah. So we were sitting next to this guy, and Dusty immediately points at him and just shouts two Coors Lights and sends him two Coors Lights. So we're like, okay, I guess we're talking to this guy. So then it turned out to be the new owner, just by complete chance. Wait, the new owner was at the 290? Of the Browns. No, 290 West Club. But he looks like Freddie Soup Kitchens, the Browns coach. Oh, so the new owner of the 290 West Club looks like Freddie Kitchens. Yes. Wow. But, and if you see Freddie Kitchens, it's like... Oh, I know Freddie Kitchens is. So then he takes us around, like, his new map, and there's, like, a band playing and not maybe 10... 12 people there, not a lot of people. So he takes us out back to show us where he's going to create this outdoor patio experience. Then they're getting food in there, like formally before it was just like a, like a food truck. Yeah. Deep fryer. He showed, oh yeah, that was it. Deep fryer. So he showed us all these plans for it. And then I'm driving up 290 Saturday when I I texted y'all and then it was just complete rebrand on the sign. Nice. The last chance saloon. And I'm like, oh, it's been a hot minute, man. It had to be that conversation we had with the, the uh, owner. I don't know if that's really the name I want to call it. Like, like, like that's the, the rebranding of the bar. Like if we Good, were because we don't want your fucking type in there anyways. If yeah. we, we were going <laughs> we to consult Harry Heppenstall and we're like, hey, we bought a bar. We're going to call it the Lanch, Last Chance Saloon. He'd be like, ah, I don't know, mate. That's not necessarily the place you want to go. Yeah, you. But like guys like me and McQuilkin, you know, real yeah. go-hearts. Yeah, real Just salt go. of Intellectuals, the you know. They'll shoot some pool and pay $2 a beer. Do mm-hmm. they have a ping pong? You should have recommended. Uh, not yet, but not guess yet. who's going to get me, that let me go suggestion box? Freddie <laughs> Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens Jr. Jr. Um so honestly, I can't wait. I should have just stopped in and just sat and yeah. took it all in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I love that place. Yeah, that's my spot. <laughs> that's my type of spot, I should say. Not my spot. I'm... Yeah. Uh, I you can't go in there and order a grape knee high? Mm, what's uh, Dawson's Creek? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, uh, the standard Naperville drink. Uh, first drink of the night, Dawson's invented Creek. Invented by Dave Spanton. Mm-hmm. Owner of Last Chance Saloon. Last Last Chance Chance Saloon. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's crazy is uh, I didn't know Dave was wearing a wig to look like Freddie Kitchens. No, he's bald too. Is Freddie Kitchens bald? Mm -hmm. In the past year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. Well, I mean, that's what happens to the Browns. Like, I felt terrible for every guy that I know. Like, I was laughing. uh, uh, They got Joe Thomas on um, as an announcer now. 
Oh, and I was, I, just... I, I was kind of just laughing at him. I'm like, wow, he's really the uh, only Browns player to ever really do anything. Mm-hmm. I don't think he ever missed a game in his no, career. No, he played like, um, you know, he played exceedingly average for 13 seasons on a really average team. I mean, he uh, like, he, I don't think he stopped slamming that fucking keyboard so hard. Never went to a playoffs. He never missed a game, but like you never really worked that hard anyway. So, but yeah, he's on. Uh, I'm laughing. I'm like, wow. The first Browns or the first Browns player that'll probably get to the postseason will be will be uh, Joe uh, Thomas. No, he he's retired. Yeah, no, I know he retired. He's on the fucking. He'll be announcing announcing announcing. the postseason. Playoff man, boom. We you used know, to jump. Is you, the shed over there. Jump up at open mic. At we used to make the jokes last chance saloon constantly. That like, hey, the only way you're going to get to the fucking Hall of Fame is if you buy a ticket, or the only way you're getting to Super Bowl is if you win the lottery on those tickets. Like, there's just a lot of jokes like that. That's funny. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I saw Joe Thomas sitting up there, and I'm like, look at this goofy son of a bitch. Good for him. Yeah, he. Yeah. You did it, man. Yeah. yeah, fucking Freddie Kitchens. Well, oh, Wisconsin. We're, we're rolling. You know, the the combination, I mean, I'll tell you this. Like, you bring a guy like Baker Mayfield in who has this, like, really extremely um, interesting chip on his shoulder and this, like, you know, uh, comes out, uh, isn't smart enough to just keep his fucking mouth shut, but what does he do? He shoots his mouth off. They bring in Odell fucking Cancer Beckham, and uh, they're like, oh, they're going to blow it up. I'm like, yeah, with Freddie Kitchens as your head coach, maybe – if you guys paid money and like brought Bill Belichick over, like maybe you guys would have a chance at like being 500, but there's no way. I will. I was what sealed the no way is watching the red zone. And then they had eight plays in a row yeah, on the that was one, bad. on the one. <laughs> that was bad. And then went for it in Buffalo. I, stopped. <laughs> I remember watching like uh, when we would go through like uh, all the films and the cutups, we used to watch teams and whatever. And I remember like, the uh, you know because you get really familiar with other offenses because you see how people like run against this and this and I remember like over the course of ten years I really only saw like two cutups of the Browns. It was it was like there wasn't a single person that would ever and we we you know played them on occasion but I just never remember uh, watching them and it was because they're generally fucking awful. It's like the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, they're really or bad. playing for the Miami Dolphins. Other than the fucking Dolphins are throwing it down and partying because they beat Colts, so they're they're two and zero, two in a row. Yeah, unbelievable. Well, they I guess they got tired of the talk of we're tanking. It's like a a dolphin pun. I get it. Well, I mean, we covered this last week. I know, but I don't think it was on the air. (laughs) What? uh, Like, I mean, there's uh, like I was laughing thinking about like how many. jokes about the Dolphins being awful and then you're like oh wait a minute are those the Browns like like who was the guys or who are the people that were wearing the bags on their head that was the Browns fans yeah I think so like the dog pound like and, and then you think about like all right so the NFL is profit sharing right so they pool all their money they profit everybody's rich uh everybody has access to free agency and to the draft Right. So the worst team gets the best players, the best teams get the worst players, and then everybody gets a chance at all the free agents. How is it that teams are consistently awful when everything is equal? Coaching. Right. Yeah. Because they make hires like Freddie Kitchens. Or they well, bring in so like ownership. Romeo, Romeo Cornell or uh um I mean all, all these what? dudes. The, he's the Texans. They're do they're Dude, doing he, pretty well. Yeah, Romeo. Did they try to make him a head coach? He was awful. I mean uh, 
Like the best thing that they should have done in Cleveland was kept Hugh Doug or uh, um, Hugh Jackson there. Hugh, I thought was like the only like. And would he make it eight games? No, not even. Do yeah. do teams spend the same amount of money? Uh, the Eagles were really cheap in that they gave their guys a bonus for every money they could stay underneath the cap. But then they came in and they said, Hey, any money you don't spend under the mm-hmm. cap, you got to get back. Yeah. Like so, just as a gross. Yeah. I mean, I realize like so, some people invest but, in, you know, years you invest but, in your uh, offense. Years but you if, in if you're cheaping out and like not spending it, then like, and you, that prevents you from winning a championship or being good or getting big stars, then that mm-hmm. hurts the draw and the value of your team. So, so here's my question. And I somewhat, understand this from nba but john you can answer this for the nfl mark cuban who owns the dallas mavericks buys the locker room and makes it very player centric but that doesn't affect the salary cap so now from the ownership does the out of pocket for your facilities yeah so uh the teams are real good about like getting other people to you know leverage other people's money but like the money that they spend on operations for things like the kitchen and the food and how you travel and all that i don't know how if that goes into i don't understand the budgeting on that whether or not that's within the salary cap Mm -hmm. i don't think it is the salary caps players you know this but like that money that they make um, and my wife asked me this the other day, she goes, you know, in NFL teams, like why, you know, and she asked me the exact same question. And then she, she asked, she's like, how long does it take to make a culture change? I'm like, well, it takes about two to three years. You have to bring in a coach who, you know, like Andy Reid came in and it takes you to quote him. It takes you about two years to get rid of all the shitbirds, bring in your people. And then you have to bring in like young, some young, good players. And you have to bring in some like used to kind of be good on the edge, kind of older veteran players that can come in and mentor those guys. And you kind of avoid having huge superstars. And then that's how you build through that culture. And uh, that's how we did it in Philly. And, um, you know, and like that kind of like bringing in a guy like Obel Beckham Jr. into that situation that doesn't help anybody. Do you think that's changed, though? I mean, observation for Baltimore Ravens. So they're succeeding and they got a good young star, but they were very successful and they won that Super Bowl with Flacco a little bit ago. And then essentially 500 until now they have the opportunity. So well, I guess my question would be, does, do you think the front office and ownership and executives respond differently now that like fans have the ability to be so fucking vocal and just with the shift in – Fairweather fans. Like maybe yeah. it's just unique to Chicago, but I don't think so. But like <sighs> two plays, you can watch a fan go from Matt Nagy is a fucking genius. And then two plays later, tweet fire Nagy. Two plays later, Nagy for president. Uh, but that's just, that's Chicago. Is that just yeah, Chicago? Okay. Yeah. No, well, I mean, like um, the thing I always like, is, is that pressure real? I mean, ultimately, a hundred percent. Like um, I think with like social media, things have gotten super interesting. Like I remember, uh, during a game, and this is this is going to blow your mind, but I remember, like, I didn't necessarily, I didn't have social media, and I didn't know, you know, Twitter and all that other stuff. Uh, and I remember being in the locker room, and we were in at halftime, and Larry Johnson was fucking around on his phone, and he was tweeting at halftime. And the front office dudes came downstairs and fucking got into his ass about it, and the coaches and all this, because he was like, ah, oh, fucking these assholes ain't giving me the ball, and was tweeting stuff during the game. Huh. And I remember thinking, like, wow. This, this dude's out of here. Zeke Elliott right now. I, I don't know if he's tweeted during game or done any of that, but he got paid and he is not doing so well. Mm. So the old experience that you had. Dude, I'm telling you, man, I, I told Herm Edwards when he's like, God, ah, we'll be okay. I'm like, we ain't going to be okay. You're going to pay Larry Johnson that money. 
and his legs are never going to move again. He's never going to run for you a single day. The worst thing you can do is pay that dude the money. I'd cut him before I paid him. Okay. And they paid him the next day. <laughs> and you know what? He never ran again. And the hilarious part is Herm's like, yeah, uh, I hit up a bunch of the vets and everybody told me the exact same thing. And he's like, but Carl's going to pay him. I'm like, then, then why call us in here and fucking ask us about who, this? Who came first, Priest Holmes or Larry Johnson? Priest. Priest? Yeah. yeah Texas. Ricky Williams back up at UT, which is crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. Priest Holmes. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I watched on Saturday night, I watched uh, the fourth quarter of the Texas game. Uh, Texas did their best to try to lose it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, like, watching Texas football is so painful for me because it's like they try to lose every game, and then it just comes down to, like, oh, we were trying to lose it, but the other team wouldn't help us to lose the game. And, like, that's how it is. They kicked the last-minute field goal as they were. I'm like, I'm, like, watching them in the fourth quarter. I'm like, this is terrible. I was all in for Alabama, LSU. Watched that whole game. It was so awesome. Yeah. And then apparently there was 50% of the next year's first round draft picks on the field. (laughs) Oh yeah. And the, the quarterback who is in line to win the Heisman after he won that game. And now they're talking him number one overall to the Bengals, but uh, he played ice cold. It was awesome. Well, you know what he needed to do is go and play like crap, lower his draft status and get down and like, (laughs) like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Because what happens is Cincinnati drafts him. Nothing. He's done. Like, that's the end of his career. You get paid that one deal, and you know you're never going to get paid again because you're never going to play. Well, don't... I'm not... I don't pay attention globally to the league enough, but I feel like... Don't they ever fucking escape and go to some other team for, like, the last five Uh, years of their twilight? Uh, Think about this. Uh, Megatron, Detroit. He's had to fucking retire. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't let him go. Look at uh, uh, Barry Sanders out of Detroit. Just had to fucking retire. They wouldn't let him go. Mm -hmm. Um, Cincinnati, like, if a guy goes in there and blows it up, it's very rare for them to pay him. But uh, it's just... There's a certain dead end. You're never going to be in a situation like, um, who's the uh, Jimmy, the guy at... Garofalo. uh, Yeah, Garofalo. Garoppolo? Garoppolo. Yeah, so, I mean, he's... Tom Brady's backup, you know, gets a, you know, kind of understudy. Garoppolo intern. And then all of a sudden rolls in and now he's, you know, blowing it up. Um, He's not as good as his billing. I mean, he's got a really good defense. He's got some good players and he's doing what he's supposed to do. Yeah. He's got a lot of intangibles around him. Um, I think with uh, a little more development, I think, I think those guys are good too. I mean, it's really... I mean, if you look at like who's the best in the NFL right now, you gotta you gotta throw the 49ers in there. Oh, for sure. The an example, Luke, for you, Ryan Tannehill, who was a Texas A&M wide receiver, turned quarterback, and then draft Dolphins first round, mm-hmm. five or six years there, and now he's at Tennessee Titans, who they benched Marcus Mariota, who was like first round first draft team. He all was college. well, he was a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh huh. So now he's researched the team, which is cool. Like I, I like watching Vrabel. Yeah. So like guys that uh, John talks about, but, um, so, and it, it's fun to see the team respond to him mm-hmm. versus I guess watching Mariota. And I'd usually watch the other AFC South teams cause the, you know, Texans, but, um, yeah, they why is it so hard to be a Texas sports fan? Like explain like Texas university or Texas, just Texas teams? in general, lay them out. Right. Yeah. Um, Houston and Dallas. Well, we're natural rivals in cities. I mean, but like. What's this? We, we talk. Dallas always falls short. I mean, it hasn't really converted on anything since the 90s. 
And then uh, you but got what great, and what a great time Houston, to be alive. Where, where all of a sudden you're like, it's the JJ Watt show, and he's on injured reserve again, four that years will in a happen. row. Yeah, I'm like, ah, like the well, when you got the weight of the team on your shoulders, the Sean. Houston Texans. Tell me about it. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. Yeah, uh, you know the sad part is he believes that because mm-hmm. it's JJ Watt. No, <laughs> that you are the J.J. Watt of power athlete? Uh, no, I'm talking more so about like pickleball and oh, oh, spike ball and ping pong. <laughs> Those sports. Uh. <laughs> J.J. Watt. <laughs> I'm more the Ray Lewis of ping pong. Oh, what? really? A lot of talk. Not really that good. Uh, you know who's going to absolutely demolish you, big guy? Dusty. Is Dusty Crackers. He's good. To, he's, he's really he's good. Just at like pong. got that Asian ping pong skill. I know that's stereotyping and prejudice, but it's a fact in it's, this like, it, text. What Asian descent is he? Filipino. Oh, he's Filipino. Filipino and what? Like muskrat? No, worse. Irish. Oh. <laughs> just kidding. Irish friends. Uh, no, Filipino, Irish. I think that's it. Like yeah. that's his mix. Yeah. But he's a good, good ping pong player. I no. Uh, yes and no. Number one. Uh, he has an what I would consider for our skill set an indefensible hard hard hit. Wow! But he has to get set up for it. However, he gets bored in three seconds and has to do something reckless, mm. right? I mean, is that a fair assessment? So, once once so, you pick up on that, so like uh, yeah, so just you, my very conservative game just drives him crazy. I'm like, I'll just just lob it. I'll just the f- yeah, it'll, <laughs> exactly. But then um, if he were to just have a little bit of control. He he's he just knows how to whip that ball across ten times faster than McQuoken or myself. Wow! Like, and puts it on and put it on the table. Okay. Where you're like, I couldn't even see it. I can't even defend it. But I don't know. Maybe you can huh? work I'm, against I'm, that. I'm, I'm excited. I think it's great. Yeah. Um. So, no, you so guys watch any movies? <laughs> you guys watch any movies lately? Yeah, actually, I did. So did you guys? The documentary. I've listened to this shocking new doc. Listened, watched a shocking new documentary that will change my mind on meat. The Game Changers is oh. a different because it's not haughty or preachy. It's informative and eye-opening. Who uh, who who made that quote? Daily Camera. Oh God, I don't fucking know who that is. Oh, F bomb. Mixes shocking, groundbreaking science with cinematic stories, keyword, of struggle and triumph. Did they put studies in parentheses in science? No. Like okay. an air quote joke? Yeah, like... Um, Streaming now on Netflix. Do you want to... You guys yeah. want me to read the, the film? Okay. Directed by Oscar-winning documentary filmmaker Louis Fis, Whoops. Pasajos. Pasoyos. Sorry, guys. An exec, uh, executive producer produced by James Cameron, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jackie Chan, Lewis Hamilton, Novak Djokovic, and Chris Paul. The Game Changers tells the story of James Wilkes, elite special forces trainer elite. and the ultimate fighter winner as he travels the world on a quest to uncover the optimal diet for human performance. Which but is like, he had an utter failure because if he was searching for the optimal diet for human <sighs> performance, it wouldn't be called... Plant-based. Mm-hmm. Showcasing elite athletes, special ops soldiers, visionary scientists, cultural icons, and everyday heroes. What James discovers permanently changes his understanding of food and his definition of true strength. Eat like a game changer. Get recipes here. Well, a couple things, people. Listen, if you were 
worried about having game changers spoiled for you this don't stop listening now and come back later go yeah. watch it if you're interested so what we're going to do is give a hot take we'll see how long it takes our position and our experience watching it jay john has done the majority of the research here he is the most uh i guess educated and like you're switched on on this stuff while i'm peripherally i just kind of like well all I, of my expertise has come from your guidance over the past 10 years right yeah, so, no i i sat there and it was about a 90 minute movie and it took me about three hours to get through it and then about another you know day to mm-hmm. kind of go through all the different pieces but it was just uh, like all right so initial impressions well, Quilkin, you start because this is i feel like the big guy's gonna start and he's not going to stop. Okay. So let's hear what you had to say, because I thought you had a good, some good points. Well, I feel... Sorry, John. For cutting that's right. uh, I feel as a viewer, and not as switched on in the, the science or the specifics, it was like I was at a gym asking guys what they do, and then they just told me and gave me what they were eating. Mm-hmm. So almost like the what supplements do you take, or Bro. just the, the backroom talk at the, at the law fitness, mm-hmm. and guys were just telling you what they do. Mm-hmm. So very, I forget the formal term for it, but like my experience was this, and mm-hmm. I was stronger, but no, I don't know. Anecdotal. Anecdotal yeah. evidence. And Confirmation what bias, I thought was, anecdotal. But what I do think was pretty interesting is they did drop studies. You know, like they had, unlike other documentaries. But now if you I'm look not, at the right, studies. How many people are going no, to? Nobody. No. I wouldn't, but like the well, m- we, me, yeah. uh, but you know, d- uh, different people. But have. it puts yourself out there. What I thought was interesting, it clearly puts themselves out there for people to like def- debunk yeah. the claims in the context of the claims, which I think what is like realize, what we're going to get into here, is right? That the majority of individuals are not going to spend the time to debunk the claims. Mm-hmm. And what they've really done is they've gone in and um, like the one thing that tinted the whole thing for me and just kept like the the constant theme through the game changers was this idea of like constant deliberate like constantly deliberate uh vague on definitions of like what is Mm plant-based like there was no definitive they -hmm. didn't come out and say it because they're constantly switching back between this idea of like well plant-based is better than this they never created any definitions Mm -hmm. so they're going back and they're using studies from vegans from vegetarians and then they're kind of comparing it against like uh, omnivores, but the way that they're classifying omnivores is weird. The other one that was crazy <clears throat> is when they talk about like plant based versus meat based. Um, then the guys are like, "Well, I just eat nothing but KFC, meat based, right?" Yeah, pop, he so yeah, yeah before, we, before we get into that, so let's talk about the format of it, right? So I, I truly went in expecting kind of a different, um, different format. I didn't really read on it. I saw, the, I watched the previews a couple times, but this dude James Wilkes is like is portrayed as the person who who has like fundamentally come up with this this adventure and narrative which number one he like immediately to me here's what stood out is this guy's fucking reading these lines well you know uh, what i mean like because he narrates it yeah and he's reading it and it lacked from the start lacked authenticity to me personally i'm like okay so if this guy was really really dug into this i was expecting a much more fluid delivery of the information versus like reading a script voiceover. Right. And the story behind this Wilkes dude is he was ultimate fighter and, um, on the ultimate fighter show, 2009. And then he also won. a he, tech- he won. He 
he won the Ultimate Fighter. He was the Ultimate Fighter. Tactical, like the original, right? Yeah. And then uh, trained special forces in combatives and self-defense, and he blew out both knees, right? Mm-hmm. And th- his quest, this quest began in his 100,000 hours of research on how to effectively heal his injury, correct? Yeah. So that's the premise of the movie. Well, and... And then he's going to share with you... Over four years. What he learned over four years yeah, that has revolu- will revolutionize the way that you view food as fuel for performance, strength, etc. Right? So, I just like lay that out there. So, it's this guy who's, in my mind, was having... Act- like, th- there's a disjoint between this dude... And then these interviews with these these game the proverbial game changers, well, right? So it's a, this dichotomy for me never got bridged. Well, well, this was like his idea of like, hey, like I wanted to research it and like the. So was he interviewing Arnold? Uh, you know I, what I mean? Well, oh. I, I was he oh. interviewing that cyclist? No. So Who the fuck is this that guy? Way. That's well, that was my overwhelming. Okay, like, that's that's a really good point. I kind of assume that uh, the whole thing was done in collaboration because the um, the world's strongest man that's never competed in any world's strongest man or any like notable contest. Uh, the one dude who, um, in mm-hmm. Europe, his name was Patrick Barbomian. Um, he actually went out and trained with him, so I kind of figured he was showing up to interview these people. Right. But, I don't, but I'm asking. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just didn't get that vibe. Well, the um, unlike when you watch these other ones, it is like the producers are telling the story. It's to me they're bet like they're more convincing stories. What the health? Um, forks and knives, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, forks over knives. This guy just seemed kind of like a Gulliver's Travels. Yeah. Like a pawn. Well, uh, but but like um, just to kind of put this in perspective, what they did is they reached out to a whole bunch and like searched for like a whole bunch of flimsy studies uh, like that were never designed to prove any of this stuff. So they went in and kind of cherry picked different pieces. And it just like it just was awful. I mean, the um, I pulled this funny part up and uh, I liked it from this is one of my favorite little quotes and it's from the movie gladiator do you remember when senator gracchus is talking to flacco and he goes rome is the mob conjure magic for them and they'll be distracted take away their freedom and they'll still roar the beating heart of rome is not marble of the senate it's the sands of the Colosseum. he'll bring them death and they'll love him for it like that's really to me uh like a, a good quote for like our present day society mm-hmm. right like people can no longer look at something uh, objectively and present both sides and make definitions and be like, Hey, we're going to explain what we believe plant-based is. We're right. going to give different definitions of what we think meat-based is. And then we're going to look at all this information and we're going to compare it. And what we're not going to do is we're not going to give you the roar of the crowd. We're not going to fucking purposely uh, mislead you and take you on this fancy journey. Cause it's James Cameron, um, you know, whose most notable movies avatar, which I really like, but it's, it's about as much fantasy as avatar. Um, <laughs> the other thing I thought was great is it took him at least seven years just to find a handful of vegans uh, that were performing at a high level. So that was another one that kind of blew my mind. Like, OK, so as they're going through, was it because uh, the length of the movie was such or how come they just didn't list the hundreds of vegans that mm-hmm. are, uh, are kicking ass? And then why do they have to have a hundred and fifty million dollar movie to convince us that this is the best? Shouldn't it just stand on the merits of its own? I don't know, because I don't know what the, I guess the intent is to shift, change the paradigm of how you can fuel to perform, right? And like the the immediate bias here is that just because 
these people are Olympians and high performers. Now, even well, though that dude didn't compete at the well, highest levels, he's still fucking strong as hell. Well, and he's and he's big fat dude, and he's doing a bunch of lifts. Like he didn't he he didn't post any lifts that were uh, for for us able to compare him to like half Thor and these guys. Mm-hmm. But my, so he's a big dude. He's big. He's strong. He he. Does, I did watch a video of him re- responding to Rogan, who's made similar Clinton uh, Robert Oberst, and he like he has videos there of him doing strong shit. Now I'm not saying he's like he's stronger than 99.9 percent of the population, sure, right? Sure. And um, and we all know that that like that could be a product of genetics. It's a product of hard work. He trains sure. hard, right? Or um, maybe he's just not smart because he thinks. Have you ever seen an ox eat meat? Right. And These claims he are unders- clear. Yeah. yeah. The, you see, like, okay, so so the, the problem is, is, and uh, what's the, we've discussed it on this podcast, and I constantly forget it, but, like, the idea that if somebody makes one false statement, it kind of tints <clears throat> everything yeah. else is not as, as false. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just going to open up with the one that was, um, like, there, there were some really hard things for me to swallow on that, but... Uh, so for me and him making that statement, realizing that, yeah, rudiments are, you know, they consume grass and forage and that, uh, forage goes in and is processed and they turn that into calories that we can consume. Like the statement of like, have you ever seen an ox eat meat? No, cause they don't eat meat. They eat grass Mm -hmm. and we eat those. But then that was another one that was propagated by, uh, the James guy where he said, um, I was surprised to learn that all proteins originate in plants. Cows, pigs, and chickens, it turns out, are just the middlemen. All proteins come from plants if you forget about the middleman. Well, yeah, but we can't convert their food into protein. The, the protein comes from them. They eat, the, they, they eat these, these uh, food sources, mm-hmm. and they turn it into protein, and that protein is them. The mm-hmm. way we get protein is eating. We can't go out and eat grass. Well, why aren't they eating grass then? Why right. aren't they out there? You know, like how come James isn't out there just chewing his cuds? Mm, what is this field? Kentucky bluegrass? This mm. is delicious. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that one. Um, here was another one that kind of blew me away. Uh, in uh, let's see, um, the study James presented compares nutrient intake between vegetarians, not vegans, to omnivores. And uh, the study that I looked at wasn't actually a a real study. It was population-based. It was epidemiology, and it was all based on filling out food frequency questionnaires. So now you're asking people, like, can you fill out a questionnaire on what you ate? Like, come on. Like, this is observation. Yeah, and this is, and that's like the the fundamental, I think, in terms of selection of study and what people, the next layer that people won't go through is that, that exact uh, issue within the nutrition space, because... Now, while, number one, I commend them for posting these studies out there, the reason I say that it's risky is because it opens them up to exactly this, that there is, a, there is a, a population of people who can just say, that's a trash study, right? Like, or you are manipulating or cherry-picking some. Like, I'll just give you an example, right? He also said, the average plant eater not only gets enough protein, but 70% more than they need, which is false. Uh, Even meat eaters like me get roughly half of their protein from plants, but athletes need more protein than, than most people do. So I crunched the numbers for the study and realized based on the amount of calories I was eating, I I'd still be getting more than enough protein to build and maintain muscle. Like that's a, uh, like one, he doesn't tell us how many calories 
Two, he doesn't even give an idea of like how much protein you need. And then he doesn't even make a differentiation. And he's basically saying that plant-based protein is the same as animal-based protein, mm-hmm. which we know is not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and then this, I'll, I'll let you get back on this, but uh, the one that just fucking completely blew my mind where he said one cup of cooked lentils or a, pe- um, or a peanut butter sandwich has about as much protein as three ounces of beef or three large eggs. So three ounces of beef has 22 grams of protein, 13 grams of fat, and 213 calories. Guess how many tablespoons of peanut butter you would have to be able to get that 21 gram or 22 grams of protein? Tell me. Six. So you need six tablespoons of peanut butter has 48 grams of fat and 564 calories. So 564 calories to get how many grams of protein? Uh, 21 or 26? Uh, tw- uh, it's like 23. Okay. <clears throat> so to get 22 grams of protein, you only need three ounces of meat where you get 13 grams of fat. So look at like the caloric density. So you can basically get the same amount of protein for 213 calories versus 564. Mm-hmm. So that's like comparing like, well, hey, my truck will go just as far as your Prius. Well, yeah, you have a 100-gallon tank. I got like solar panels. Yeah. It's just as efficient. They just both go as far. You get two miles to the gallon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, this is ridiculous. Like, like, here's the problem. People don't do this because it's so fucking misleading and full of shit. Mm-hmm. So the problem I run into is when I hear this stuff and you go back and look, it automatically just discounts everything for me. If I know you're lying it to me here and then the other one, and um, you guys have heard me uh, fucking go off on this, like... He starts talking about the gladiators being barley munchers mm-hmm. and the idea that, that you know, the, these great this gladiators. Is Wilkes, the guy, like the narrator. Yeah. And uh, here's the problem. All he had to do was call a first year classic student like me who took Stephen G. Miller's fucking uh, history of ancient athletics where they get in there and they talk about the, the fact that they fed the Romans, uh, the gladiators and the slaves. They fed them barley because one, it added more body fat. So the fatter they got, they had a thick layer of body fat. So when they got cut or they got stabbed, it was super gory and the crowd would go crazy. They also had a greater chance to survive because when they did get cut, uh, it, like it wasn't as damaging. It looked a lot right. worse than you're, it was. You're further away from vitals, right? If, if you were, yeah, they needed more cushioning. So if you were super lean, one cut and you would die. The guys that were fat, Got, blood, uh, got cut, it looked super grotesque, and they ended up surviving. They also, um, so, let me see, so, uh, um, I also don't think they were specifically eating for performance. No, they were just trying to eat to yeah. survive, because they were slaves. But uh, <laughs> yeah. here's the other one. So, um, uh, the Romans also feared uh, the slaves in the rebellion, because, you know, obviously, if you guys saw Spartacus, uh, from 73 to 71 BC, the gladiator Spartacus led a famous revolt of slaves of thousands. So they found that a diet of grains and not of meat made uh, the slaves more docile and they had less chance of rebelling. So I didn't find necessarily proof for that, but uh, that I remember directly from Stephen G. Miller's class. And his joke was, if you want to control people and make them docile, feed them a vegetarian diet. And we had him on the podcast, dude. And he was, he is the foremost expert in the world on ancient athletics. So. Yeah, that was um, a pretty epic one. We so, called him from fucking Greece. Yeah, he called from Greece. So, uh, like, here's the problem, uh, or at least not the problem, but the issue that I run into is within, like, the very first part of this movie, he makes all these preposterous claims and things that are full of shit. Like, he goes into not only, uh, like, talking about um, the gladiators, which we know to not be true. It just... Like, at that point, like, I'm just like, man, like, you can't start this thing with this much bullshit. But I'll tell you this, from an entertainment value, and if I had my head in my ass and I didn't know better, Mm -hmm. I'd be like, 
Wow, because he's not thinking about like, man, I wonder how many classics majors are out there from Berkeley that at Stephen G. Miller's classes that are going to remember that this is full of shit. Let me just make these preposterous claims. Mm -hmm. So then it makes me believe if this is the conclusion that he drew from this, then what was he doing with his 100,000 hours or whatever he claimed, 10,000 hours of studying? Nothing. If this is the conclusion he draw, then he's basically fucking doing nothing. Mm -hmm. It's bullshit. So I'm kind of, I'm pulling up just for for listeners. Here, Here are the game-changing athletes they have, right? They have this James Wilkes dude, uh, Lewis Hamilton, who's a Formula One racer, right? Yeah. Um, the Patrick Baboumian, who's a strongman dude. You got Dotsie Bausch, who's a Olympic cyclist, indoor cyclist. Uh, Scott Jurek, who's an ultra-marathoner, like endurance dude who ran the Appalachian Mo- uh, Mountain Range or some shit like that. Um, Morgan Mitchell, who's track athlete from Australia, I think. Is that that gal? Yes. She, Australia? Yep. Kendrick Ferris, who's Olympic weightlifting here in the States. You got Bryant Jennings, uh, boxer. Tia Blanco. Who is that? Who's Tia Blanco? I don't remember her. Is that Tia Carrera's sister? She looks kind of oh, cute, though. Uh, Dreamweaver. And then they had a couple football players, right? Some college football players and dudes uh, from the Dolphins, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Dolphins and, and, Titans. and the Titans. And I, I will say this. An executive producer, Chris Paul, basketball player, he's also a – he's got money in, in uh, one of these burgers. Uh, mm-hmm. The the guy the who Beyond was, Burgers. The guy from the Titans was Derek, is uh, Derek Morgan. Okay. So he plays a pretty big part in the movie. Uh, he ended up retiring last year uh, after nine years in the NFL. Um, his, I thought, it, I thought it, there was some irony to it because his claim that he just wasn't recovering and you know couldn't do this and went through the whole thing, but yet he goes vegan. Then 2018 season, he has a knee and shoulder injury and retires because oh. of injuries. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and then he goes through this whole weird thing about like, I'm okay with it. My time has passed. It's time for me to move on and go do something else. And um, it just, it's like... Uh, Observation from that segment, I do remember him, like, because his wife was cooking for him, he switched over, and he finally got blood work after six months of eating this way, rather than a... Yeah, Big Macs and KFC. Yeah, blood work when he was eating how he was eating. Yeah, so it just, uh, that one blew me away. The other one was... um, uh, Daquan Jones was another one who goes vegan, and uh, but I thought it was hilarious that he was talking about like Popeyes and KFC, and I'm like, like why is it that that is the standard meat eating diet? Like, right. uh, like uh, it just, yeah, like I'm I'm more than sure that a vegetarian vegan diet is more uh, better for performance than eating buckets of KFC and only fast food. Yeah, right, and yeah. But, and just uh, probably but, healthier in general, like just why? because you have a higher density and breadth of micronutrients, yeah. right? But you'll ultimately, like, that's going to run its course. Well, but what about Isn't all the vegetable it? oil? So all that stuff's fried in vegetable oil, which mm-hmm. we know is causing a bunch of problems. But um, the other one that blew me away uh, is why not just come out and highlight a bunch of athletes that have been successful eating a vegan-based diet for great, performance. Great point, John. Like, like, what if... Like, why not just bring them out there and say, hey, you know what? These individuals have performed at a high level eating a vegan diet. Who are our top three? Impressive. Yeah, who are the top three dudes? What if this was a seven-part series, Netflix series, right? And instead of saying, I'm going to focus on the vegan high performers, uh, I'm going to focus on the top three high performers in strongman, in indoor cycling, in endurance racing, in sprinting, in Olympic lifting, and say, let's look at how they train and how they eat, right? And then 
just compare that constantly. There's one guy. They just pick one guy off the street. Well, do you and know then why? Compare what he does because there's only one. What do you mean? There's only one person. So, like in Olympic weightlifting, Kendrick Ferris is the only vegan. In the cycling, there's only one. Like, there's not mm-hmm. other people that are in this that are following the same. I mean, um, the hilarious part in like, ah, man, like, let me see if I find this. Well, I bet there's more, John, but no, it's just um, like, like, like they were trying to talk about, um, like. I'll just pull this one out, and I, I remember this from my classics work. Uh, Theodorus of Hierapolis, it's a Greek place for you there, TC, uh, was quoted as saying in, a, in a, one of his texts that Milo of Croton used to eat 20 pounds of meat and as much bread. He would drink three pitchers of wine, and at the Olympia, he put a four-year-old bull on his shoulders, carried around the stadium, after which he cut it up and ate it all alone in a single day. Mm-hmm. Like the stories one. Of, <laughs> of like diets was always very prevalent and discussed within those groups. And it was always like a, uh, there was a, a distance runner who only ate meat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they drank wine. Uh, they consume like uh, it was like charcoal uh, for like uh, calcium. I mean, there was just all these different things. Honey was another big one that they would do these like, um, you know, eat like honeycombs. So, I mean, they had all these early performance-enhancing deals, but the biggest one always was meat. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and the, I guess continuing with the flow is they, they bounce in and out of these narratives from the game-changer paragons, vegan paragons of this film, and then into, like, the lab, right? Yep. So they bounce into, like, into the lab, and then they also kind of, cr- they break down the barrier, and they have athletes interacting with well, scientists to do these the test retests. The is, is Dr. Vogel. He said, uh, if you have bacon and eggs for breakfast, a hamburger for lunch, and steak for dinner, this is going on all day. Your blood is always cloudy, and the ability to operate at best is always impaired. So that was the deal where he, like, took the blood and he spun yeah. it down, which I think is, is fucking quackery about that is, why is whatever is spinning they're they're assuming that you know the cloudy stuff is fat mm-hmm. and that somehow fat in your blood is bad like how else does fat get around other than if it's in the blood mm-hmm. and then when the guy goes oh that's gross like I, it just it's like dude fat uh fat travels two cells via blood and that's normal the problem is those kids are not smart enough to realize and be like like this is just a normal human process why are you telling me this is bad mm-hmm. And is it the reason the fat's there is because you ate it? Yeah. Huh. Well, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's like, you, you know, could also say, hey, you don't have any fat in there. That's bad. Right, right. Because, that could be, that yeah. could be the narrative, right? Like, hey, you eat corn on the cob. When you look in the toilet bowl, you see corn, right? It's when you're not eating it's corn. called tracer bullets. And you see corn. That's where things get confusing. <laughs> oh. You call those tracers? Ah, uh, yeah. We used to joke and call it tracer bullets. I like. Ooh. But it's like, yeah. Of course, of course, you would see that because that's the food you ingested, and you used a process to separate it so you can identify it visually. Like, dude. Oh, okay. Cool. There was um, my, and I highlighted this. My personal favorite quote of the entire movie uh-huh. was, "Eating carbs gave us big brains." From an evolutionary standpoint, oh, I, I did, and we had. Um, Tara Miller. Yeah, Tara Miller on. And um, Tara Swart. Oh, Tara Miller. We had Tara Swart, but we've also had, you know, Rob Wolf. We'd have mm-hmm. Matt Lalonde. We've had, like, in terms of people in evolutionary biology who are dramatically smarter than everybody in that movie combined. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tara Swart recently said, uh, we did not evolve to eat meat or 
we didn't evolve to eat meat. We evolved because, because. we ate meat. Mm-hmm. That the consuming of not only meat, but also of uh, dietary fat from animal sources caused our brains to grow. And that coincides with the finding of fire and cooking the meat and making it more digestible. So the fact that they're making open-end preposterous claims like, you know, they invented the question mark, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like it just, to me, um, when I hear stuff like this, it just discounts everything else. And then, uh, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who I've always admired, gets up there and I'm like, Arnie, you fucking tied your name to a fucking sack of shit. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that was a tricky one because he didn't really overtly have such a strong stance and message that I recall. I mean, I was also trying starting to parallel because it was like the same fucking playbook over and over again. I'm like, here we go again. Like same loop. It was just like six different loops. So uh, be ready for the repeater if you watch it. I would recommend watching it as well if you're a coach uh, or a parent. Like just arm yourself with knowing what the hell discussions you're going to get into over Thanksgiving. Like um, it's coming. Well, the other one, too, uh, the one guy who gets up there and tries to convince us that our teeth are not designed to eat meat, uh-huh. which was awful, uh-huh. because if anybody knew anything about this stuff, they would know that we have the teeth of omnivores, people that are supposed to rip, pull, and chew, mm-hmm. and uh, carnivores are all spikes, so what they do is they rip and they swallow, mm-hmm. and then if you look at how uh, plant eaters look and how they chew, but then we also... They yeah, grind, we chew. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, like, that piece of, like... And the, the interesting thing is, you see, going through this, this has been discussed and analyzed and studied and looked at mm-hmm. f- for eons. So then all of a sudden, some fucking random dude just comes through and he's like, oh, we don't have the mouth structure. I'm like, that's exactly contrary to everybody and uh, anybody else has ever said. So that one, that one fucking blew my mind. Yeah, um, but like, I'm the, curious uh, if they used, uh, what did they use to describe their researchers? Um, visionaries, right? Uh, is that why they're visionaries? Is because they're just... Quacks? No, they're, they're taking... Charlatans? They're challenging the... The, the um, paradigm? Yeah, like, and it, it, it's, it's, I'm trying to think of the, the phrase from... Narrative. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think of the phrase from um, challenging institutional knowledge, yes. which is from Coddling of American Mind, right? Yeah. Just because they they are taking a bold stance and challenging it autom- like provide presents them as an authority, right? Which in and of itself is like not necessarily true, but it's perceived that way at times. Right. Um, yeah. The, I mean, that has been, and then there's the, the awesome fucking like always bound to come across the gorilla, silverback gorilla. Yeah. In the vegan vegetarian. Oh. Well, uh, the, um, I wrote that one down. The, uh, the special forces, ex special forces sniper who said he'd seen a gorilla and he understands that they're real strong, but they mostly eat plants. Mm-hmm. So that's like saying like, I see Tex drink coffee and he's got excess body hair. It must be the coffee. Yes. It's not the fact that there's genetics and there's a whole bunch of other stuff with muscle insertions and fiber types and a million different reasons that gorillas are as strong as they are. Mm-hmm. They're just looking at these stuff one-to-one, which is fucking moronic. Mm-hmm. So does, is that coffee thing real? Their <laughs> <laughs> belief. Uh, you see him look at, he's like, look at this, look at this shoulder hair. Oh, <laughs> <it's> spreading. <laughs> you think they'd like, as, for as many shirts as you'd wear, like rub off. No, I, um, don't worry. He's gonna, I got one of those back shaver things that, no. um, a, good, a best friend. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, well, let's get into this one, too, which I thought was another fucking erroneous deal. Uh, the Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz. Oh, I would like this. Uh, UFC 2006 or uh, uh, 206. Um, 
so uh, Conor McGregor was supposed to fight uh, Dos Anjos for the welterweight. Mm-hmm. So Conor McGregor was holding the uh, was holding the belt for a lightweight. So before we get into reality, present how let's talk about how they presented this so, in the film. So, Sound bites. W- so what they presented was uh, the Conor McGregor Nate Diaz fight. Uh, Nate's a pretty predominant uh, vegan athlete. So Conor McGregor is a big meeting athlete. Eating two steaks a day. Yeah, eating two steaks a day. So he goes in there and gasses out in the, in the last round and makes some comment about, like, oh, I guess I ate too much steak or something. Yeah. And he ends up getting knocked out. And the parallel that out. they draw, yeah, they tap him out. Uh, the parallel that they draw was the reason that he lost and that Nate Diaz was successful was because he's a vegan and Conor McGregor lost because he eats meat. Mm-hmm. Now, that's... Let's get into why... And, and, and more importantly, the particulars of this bullshit. So, uh, like I said, Conor McGregor is uh, a lightweight. And he was a lightweight champ holding the belt. He was moving up a weight class to fight Dos Anjos as a welterweight. Uh, a few days before, what is it, like two weeks before the fight, Dos Anjos pulls out with a foot injury. And um, they're kind of scrambling for this, you know, for the major card fight for the UFC. So mm-hmm. on 11 days notice, Diaz takes the fight. Now... Just give you this idea. Diaz fights at 170, mm-hmm. uh, which is a light heavy, and he walks at about 200 pounds. Okay. So he cuts 30 pounds for a fight. Uh, McGregor is like a 150-something, and he agrees to come up two weight classes to 170. Mm-hmm. So on the day, um, he didn't even weigh 170 on the fight. Diaz made 170. Uh, on the day of the fight, Conor McGregor was 166, and Diaz was uh, 186. One eighty six. So mm-hmm. he had twenty pounds on him. Came up two weight classes for a dude who is really thirty pounds cutting into this weight class. Right. And then all of a sudden, I mean, he's just a bigger man, bigger punches, bigger, stronger. Anybody that watched the fight, which I did, all of a sudden you're looking out there and you're like, holy shit, Nate Diaz is dramatically bigger than him. Mm-hmm. It just what you know. And then what he taps him out like, and uh, Nate Diaz isn't. Uh, I mean, dude, he's a savage man. That guy fights and he's a. Um, you know, and he likes to get it on. I mean, he's a dog in that he just never gives up. But it, regardless of how it is, you can't give up 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. So, and that's also kind of like a, a tricky sport in and of itself to compare like po- pound for pound. Well, I mean, it, not in this case, that's not the right term, but I mean, like there's so much skill associated with it, right? So in the sense but, to say that but not because even, he's a vegan, he's better. Yeah. What about just the body of training? Well, no, but just the body. Just think about this. Like um, anybody that's ever fought or ever been in the ground and done BJJ and like 20 pounds and a dude who's 20 pounds on top of you, mm-hmm. who's a dramatically bigger individual, it just fucking weighs on you. Mm-hmm. It's no wonder he gassed out. Yeah, it was second round loss. And then four and a half months later, at UFC 202, they they fought again, and it was five rounds and decision to McGregor. Mm-hmm. So and that was the same weight class or what? Uh, right? No, no. This would have been their third fight, dude. Um, so it was 206, I thought, was the, was the last one. Uh, 196 was the loss, and then 202 is the, the victory. So March 2016 is the loss uh, at welterweight, and then welterweight again so the same class for 2002 in august 2016 Mm -hmm. five rounds and for what it's worth too speaking from experience in going the going the full length of that match when you're bulking it is much harder to maintain that level of endurance (laughs) than like i would say 
maintaining strength and skill in a cut. Is that true? Uh, that is not science, people. Well, I'm just saying that when I've put on 10 to 20 pounds, running for two minutes becomes a challenge. Yeah. No, he. Uh, it's tough. I mean, especially for a dude who's who's a featherweight. I mean, mm-hmm. he's used to fighting in like the 150s. Because 10% of body weight, man. Yeah. Like, no, he's, he's a plus. lightweight dude. I mean, it just... Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So a little bit of well, mis- misappropriation of some facts well, there. And they didn't talk about the second fight. No. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's get into this piece, too. Right. So um, I was laughing. Uh, I was watching a deal today with Jason Whitlock. He's talking about Cam Newton just went on IR. You know, Cam Newton's a vegan. Since he started dating that girl, right? Uh, or who, what, who is that? That was Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So th- I thought it was ironic that Cam Newton goes vegan, gets injured, loses his job. Colin Kaepernick went vegan. Lost his job. Uh, another observation in the NBA, Kyrie Irving, who's real emotional and uh, just losing it on the back end, like amazing skilled talent, but then mentally losing everything, millions of dollars, and his teammates respect everything. Vegan. Uh, then, uh, like uh, we talked about, uh, Daquan Jones, he's a vegan. Um, the other one that I thought was great was David Carter. I don't know if you know, he was like, they had a ton of stuff about David Carter. He was like the 300 pound vegan. He played uh, three years, started four games. Uh, he has since retired due to injury, and now he's a vegan activist. So, and then we talked about Derek Morgan, he retired. Um, the other guy, Adrian Foster, or, or sorry, Arian, Arian Foster, Foster. Yeah. right? So, Go Texans. right, the most successful vegan athlete in the NFL, retired in 2016 at the age of 30 because of lingering injuries. So, I mean, like the the story just keeps getting told of these guys that are like, I mean, instead of being like, instead of eating Popeyes fried chicken and like all you know KFC and all these fast food stuff, how about eating a performance based diet? That isn't, you know, like includes animal based proteins like pasture raised and like, you know, like a state classy box would, would have done these guys a hell of a lot better than. And I'll tell you, the um, the one dude's wife who was cooking, the food looked great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, man, like I was looking at it, I was like, I would have eaten this every day if those burgers were real or I would have just got the food and thrown my own meat on top mm-hmm. of it. Which gets me into like. <sighs> like, OK, so power athlete diet, eat with abandoned meat, fish, fowl, seafood, eggs. Uh, roots, tubers, veggies, bulbs, animal fats, coconut, avocado, olives, herbs, spices like that to make crush that right. Get some fruit in there. Get some rice, possibly. Yeah. Um, but if you look at and then so you take that, then we boil it down, John, to a starting point. Thirty three percent. We do an isocaloric approach of protein, uh, carbs and fat. Protein, flesh builds flesh. We get our proteins ideally from animal sources, right? So that means if you're going to eat 3,000 calories a day, 1,000 calories comes from animal product, right? Then we get into carbs. So let's say you get another 1,000 calories in carbohydrates from plants, roots, tubers, bulbs, squashes, shit like that. Like the, the carbohydrate-dense vegetables that have a high macronutrient profile. And then we get into fat. We basically kind of have, we split our fats, right? And one is our saturated fat and one is monounsaturated fat. Correct. So then we're getting 500 calories from saturated fat and then 500 from monounsaturated fat, right? Correct. So of the 3,000 calories, approximately 50% comes from, in a perfect world, like from animal product, right? Because saturated fats predominantly is animal mm-hmm. 
right? And then the monounsaturated would be your vegetable type of fats with the coconut, avocado, mm-hmm. etc. Right? So no, um, or, um, um, yeah, uh, avocado and avocado uh, and olives. The yes. saturated fat would be from the coconut. Coconut, right? Uh, it's, it's just pretty interesting. Like I never really thought of it in the form of how many calories come from animals, and then how many calories come from plants. In theory, from uh, like in the form of this since until watching this documentary, like because I was talking to the intern, like that plant based meat base is just so fucking misleading in and of itself. Like that is the problem immediately is that we're associating meat based all we vilify all meat because Popeye's is bad. We vilify all meat because you have fucking six um, cheeseburgers. And a Slim Jim, a ooh, slim cheeseburger gym. with a Slim Jim on it, and that's bad. But then, man, I just, it, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, right? So you could argue that even if we started to ramp up carbs, then we start shifting into a plant-based diet, even with the Power Athlete template. Because in my mind, plant-based is like the majority of the calories come well, from uh, plant but, matter. Uh, but here's what we've always said. Like, I've, uh, believe me, I'm, I've never been a proponent and said, hey, you shouldn't eat plants. Right. Like, it's always come down to this idea of balance, mm-hmm. of being able to... Variety. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you need to consume, you know, green vegetables and starchy veggies, and you, you still need these things in your diet. Um, the problem becomes is that uh, there's no there's no middle ground. It's all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like if you consume meat, then you're you know this evil carnivore. And it's like, man, like I uh, like I made a joke on uh, social media with against uh, some vegans where I said, dude, it sounds like um, you're forever going to be relegated to appetizers and side salads. Like like, what do you go out and order? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, the Impossible Burger. Um, years ago, my brother and I went, um, to vegan, meet, uh, to, to meet these people, uh, like at some like Hollywood place, we got invited to go to dinner and we went and with the place we showed up at was a vegan place. And so they come out and like, we get the menus and I'm like, uh, where are the steaks? And they're like, Oh, we're a vegan restaurant. I'm like, Ooh. So we start ordering everything. We must've eaten $300 worth of food. Uh, I have never in my life had so much avocado. <laughs> right? It, 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 or else you get calories. Exactly. So like as we sat down, we ended up spending like 300 bucks at this meal. And then we were kind of like calculating out like how many calories because it shows you how many calories in each meal. We must have had 4,000 calories a piece mm-hmm. and must have only got about 50 grams of protein. Like there were so many grams of fat in this thing. Like you just didn't feel full, but you felt like you didn't want to eat. And I, I couldn't eat any more kale chips. I mean, it's just like uh, like... Like, nobody goes home after a hard day of fucking kicking ass in the gym or doing whatever, and it's like, God, I'm really looking forward to eating those beans. No. Like, it's the worst idea I've ever heard. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Is sugar plant-based? Yes. Yeah, sugar. Sugar cane. So could a plant-based diet just be sugar, ketchup, and bread? Sure. Yeah, that would be plant-based. Well, I'm fucking in on that. Um, Halloween candy. What about maple syrup? Is oh. that plant-based? Oh, that's what keeps your hair up. <laughs> Slick. So what about, so if I had maple syrup, white bread, sugar, and... Well, Lane Norton, as long as you're eating caloric restriction, Lane Norton said you're fine. Mm-hmm. But that's plant-based. So why don't we do plant-based studies like that? Not we, <sighs> the royal we. Does, has that, like, how come plant-based doesn't get the same blanket and broad classification... 
with the negative or the, the uh, anti-nutrient type foods that meat-based does. I found a pretty interesting quote. Um, the guy said, uh, when you eat animal products, you start to form plaque in the coronary arteries. And this was Dr. Kim Williams. Um, for a doctor making utterly nonsensical claims. But I did, uh, I did some Googling on that, and I did find a pretty good uh, quote that this dude who had written a review of this uh, Game Changer said. He goes, oh, serious, uh, arteriosclerosis affects only herbivores. Dogs, cats, tigers, and lions uh, consume saturated fat uh, with, uh, and cholesterol. And the arteriosclerotic plaques do not develop. The only way to produce arteriosclerosis in carnivores is to take out the thyroid gland. Then, for some reason, saturated fat, cholesterol have the same effect as in herbivores. Hmm. So, the only way to give arteriosclerosis uh, to carnivores is remove the thyroid. And that, like, it's just. Like, like they make a lot of these nonsensical claims. Like um, the other one I found on a similar vein was uh, there was a study that came out last year that was paid by the U.S. Maine Research Council. They found that 84% of the general moron dipshits that decide to go vegan or vegetarian quit the diet usually within one year. Right. Their bodies cannot simply handle it. And there was a quote from Anne Hathaway uh, at People Magazine that uh, they asked her what it was like um, to, to been a vegan and she was a vegan for years. And she said, she goes, um, so I had a piece of salmon and my brain felt like a computer rebooting. Uh, I just didn't feel good or healthy, um, anymore. And she goes, uh, after adding it in, uh, I just felt better, mm-hmm. you know? And, and she was like a lifelong vegan and she's like, I eating that salmon was like rebooting my mind. And the crazy part is people attacked her, went crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I but people just, say that about being, becoming a vegan too, right? They gave up meat. Like that's the whole premise of this is the, the anecdotal experience of removing meat and becoming plant-based. Well, I personally, even though we're here dissecting this thing, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're not competing for resources. Great quote, uh, f- fugitive improv. Yeah. Tommy Lee. Call my wife. I don't care. <laughs> uh, like, I, don't, improv. I don't really care if people are vegan or not. Like I was talking mm-hmm. to Susie on Saturday and uh, I kind of was like, man, I just saw your game changers movie. <laughs> and uh, she's like, oh yeah, how was it? I was like, it was awful. They made a whole mm-hmm. bunch of preposterous claims and a bunch mm-hmm. of nonsense. But at the end of the day, like you do you, let me do me. Yeah. And that's the, the last part is paramount, right? Just let me do me. Don't fucking vilify me. Uh, I did like Arnie's quote. I ate a lot of meat. I ate 10 to 15 eggs a day. You know, I had to have my 250 grams of protein a day. Mm-hmm. One gram pound of body weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, why was that bad, Arnie? Yeah, you were the fucking best in the world. Yeah, they Arc. did show flashbacks. What yeah. about the handfuls of Dianabol you were consuming? That what was, about those? and that's like the biggest one. Yeah, are you going there with the bodybuilder, dude? We should, like, and get your take. Those guys are Juice to the ghosts. Juice to the gills. They're mm-hmm. on. Yeah, but uh, but the hilarious part is, and what people don't talk about, the one guy who's like, oh, I've never had meat and goes through the deal. But like, at the end of the day, if you're eating a plant-based diet, those guys are supplementing the shit out of it because you're going to need X amount of leucine. So you know that they're fucking supplementing it on the back end. And then they're taking a bunch of fucking steroids. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm not going to look and you know, like, and then they're like, oh, you know, and like the, the, 
thing that uh you know paul carter is like you know the fake natties where it's like you know i'm all natural and you're like dude yeah okay like um there's dudes okay. that, that uh <laughs> that admit to taking drugs and you look a hundred times better yeah than you them. know you are you're like the drunk girl at the party who's like i'm not even drunk and it's so blatantly drunk falling over yourself vomit all over yeah that's you saying you're all natural well, not you, you. Which is that fun. You, like the, I, the royal you. I just think it's great. It's like... Um, Speaking of Paul Carter, though, at fucking Bratfest this weekend, I finally saw one of the guys he was talking about, like that he was talking about in the Vegas. Oh, with the like, big, big just triceps? Just fucking, just big, like, hulky upper body. Like, I'm like, oh, dude, that guy's jacked. And he's wearing, like... Cargo most, shorts? The most tapered... Like Adidas. No, Adidas pants onto the smallest calves. The smallest calves I've ever seen. The guy's a big dude. And I'm like, in, like small thighs and everything. Like not even skinny either. Like not shredded, just big and the tiniest fucking legs. Did like, did his, and I saw him in the wild. Did he have a small, uh, small waist? Uh, no, not really. Oh. No. So it wasn't like, so a, he, so it wasn't, it wasn't fuck, like he had like a 24 like a inch waist. Like tapered dude. No, this guy was like a, I would say, uh, what did, um, I'm trying to think who, who said this at Balboa once, but like, I want to be strong, look big. But I want people to know I still party. And he's like, because that's, he's like, so that's why I have this gut, you know? So he's like, wasn't shredded or cut, but like big and like clearly big and strong and trained, you know? But did not have like glutes, legs, or caps. Zero. Looked like a fucking paraplegic. Uh, dude, Paul Carter. Bonkers. Uh, Paul Carter walking around the Olympia taking these dudes' pictures and then posting them on Instagram. Oh. And like, it, it was awesome. He's like, yep, I spotted another one in the wild. Oh. He's like, I, I guess they forgot that, you know, like, uh, you know, triceps aren't the only thing you can get. Yeah, so it was a uh, big div- – obviously went left field there. But um, coming back, that's always like the – like when they – when they that dude, like they showed like the B-roll of him like doing like leg raises and like totally shredded, huge pecs and abs and game changers. I'm like, here we go. Here we go with this. Like why do they even pull in this this these dudes? Like why do they use these guys as – as a, a paragon for performance, I guess they just were trying to cover like different yeah. demographics well, to get them to switch. Well, there's the idea that, um, you know, you can't be big and muscular without eating meat mm-hmm. when this, you know, and these guys are like, well, I eat a plant-based diet. Okay. Like, um, once again, they should have just gone back and said, Hey, here are athletes that have been successful eating a vegan diet. Mm-hmm. Right. And they've been like, yeah, these guys, uh, eat a vegan diet. They supplement the shit out of, all their diet. Here's how to do it. If yeah. you're going to try it and here's what to expect if it doesn't work. Yeah. And you know, could have been take copious amounts of drugs with it, which is totally cool. Then everything's fucking out there, but they're out there trying to create mysticism. Mm-hmm. I go back to the initial quote that I threw you guys about, uh, Rome is the mob conjure magic for them and they'll be distracted. Take away their freedom. They still roar. The beating heart of Rome is not the marble, the Senate, it's the sands of the Coliseum. It's the same deal. People can no longer have like discourse. They can no longer have an intelligent conversation. It has to be fucking magic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess like the big takeaway for me, not because of any of the facts, but just in talking about it is like people <coughs> associate a meat based diet with fast food. Right. Yeah. And if you're going to eat fast like- food and you had a choice to become vegan, or continue eating fast food, you're probably better off becoming uh, vegan. That I, doesn't mean... I like to call it the DJ diet. DJ diet? <laughs> so uh, when we, like, whenever we go on any road trips or I've ever gone anywhere with DJ and we stop to get gas, he'll always go in and get a gas station hot dog. Uh-huh. And uh, it's pretty, like, pretty consistent. And I always ask him, like, how is it? He's like, ah, oh, that place was better. And he, like, kind of gauges everything 
based on his uh, gas station hot dog. So when I'll go in there, like pay for gas or use the restroom, I always like eyeball. And I'm like, oh, those things have been on there for weeks. And he'll come out. He'll be like, oh, these things are great. And he's over there eating them. <laughs> and I think about metabolic flexibility oh, because God. he doesn't die. Right. He like doesn't throw up and he doesn't get sick. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking like. You should have one of those hot dogs. No, <laughs> I would be sick for like a month if I had one of those hot dogs. I could do it. I used to, but, uh, but, but I laugh thinking about like DJ is the standard American diet, uh-huh. gas station, hot dogs, chips, and then like you soda. Know, soda. And when you go big, NOS. NOS. And then when you go big, maybe tacos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My buddies go to like Colin and Pat, 7-Eleven hot dogs covered in cheese. And then a bag of Doritos Christ. opened up. Then you pour the dog cheese, like the hot dog nacho cheese on the bag of Doritos and then just go check out and just fucking troth it into their mouths. Can't do and it. one's a cop and, oh. I just, <sighs> lick the cheese, I the pump it. cheese for me. Uh, I can't do the fake cheese. Yeah. Like, uh, in, they've in Philly, never been sick. In Ph- <laughs> they are flexible metabolically. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, it's probably true. It's so like, you know. Just get like a little more vascular with every ounce of cheese you get. <laughs> like Rudy and red wine. And combine that with like our college house and how disgusting that is. They're mm-hmm. never going to die. Yeah. Or no. three stooges syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they I mean they just probably just tough. Um yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I would love for this to have for for uh what what does Chris Kresser call it? Not the best fucking Nutrivore. Yeah, Nutrivore. Like, uh, I would like love eating this, like the most nutrient dense. Yeah, I'd love this just benchmark all these people on something like that, right? But I don't know. But have you ever seen an oxyt meat? Yeah. No, I haven't. Uh, or I bet like, you I could find it, actually, with YouTube. I just think... <laughs> I've seen a deer eat another deer. Uh, dude, I, I, some milk. I, saw pig, <laughs> I saw a pig drink milk from a, from a cow. I remember a dude sent us that. We were like, oh, touche. I guess we aren't the only mammal that drinks the milk of another mammal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also you know, uh, they, they also tried to make this like evil... Uh, evil group of individuals like the the meat council, like the meat industry is these like, uh, you know, clandestine evil people that are manipulating you and all this. And I thought it was hilarious was like they kept showing commercials for fast food places. Yeah. And I'm like, how how is that the meat people? Isn't that the burger selling people? So like if Burger King makes a, a or, or Wendy's or whatever it is, makes a, a commercial about their burgers, like, oh, it's so good. They're like, oh. The meat industry is so evil. I'm like, so, but they also sell vegan stuff. They also sell mm-hmm. French fries and drinks and whatever. You could just say that like, oh, the soda industry. Well, that like, that's what I was trying to, I don't have this data and I don't know that we could pull it together. Data. But if we were to take a Big Mac meal, large fry, large Coke and break it down by calories. Okay. But we need each ingredient broken down. I'd want to know how many calories came from plant-based foods, sugar, right? Vegetable oil, potato, French fries, bread versus the actual meat patties. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's like, hey, if, uh, if I eat a bowl of rice, which is like 200 grams, I mean, I want to say there's like eight, eight grams of protein mm-hmm. in that. I mean, so then like, okay, so now I have to, like, if I got to get like 50 to 70 grams of protein in a post-workout meal, that's a lot of rice for me mm-hmm. to eat. Like, like a cup of rice is, you know. Like, but I'm still getting at, so let's say Big Mac, I'm making up numbers here, people, right? Let's say Big Mac meal, large Big Mac meal. Uh, three I've ounces. got it here. Okay. Three ounces. 
right? It's a three ounce patty, right? I don't know. Yeah, they're two three ounce patties, so I think it ends up being like forty grams of protein. Oh, pop up text get pop up blocker. What are you new? Was that new computer? Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> fries alone, five hundred calories. All right, so there's five hundred calories of plant based. Three to calories. seven grams of Goodness. protein. Wait, how much for the fries? Three to seven grams of protein. Okay. Eleven to twenty four grams of fat. Twenty nine to sixty seven grams of carbs. But the Big Mac has, if I remember correctly, Ooh. lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions. Shit. Special sauce. Patties. Patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese. <laughs> All on a sesame seed bun. Here you go. One burger contains 540 calories, 25 grams of protein. Yep. You got it, TC? 28 grams of fat. What did I tell you, dude? It's uh, They're two three-ounce portions, so that would be roughly so the 22 meat? grams of fat. Or 22 grams of protein. So what am I looking at here? Big Mac is 150 cals from fat. Or from meat. It's 110 from veg. And then 150 cows from meat. So there you go. You get 150 calories out of your Big Mac meal with a Coke from, the pro- from meat. What's the total amount of, uh, of calories in the entire Big Mac? Yeah, but the French fries is going to be yeah. plant-based, right? Yeah, yeah. so you got and large fries. So 540. So 540 plus how much? So how many are in the fries? 500. Okay, call 500. How much in a, a large uh, Mountain uh, Dew? Yeah. Code Red. Code Red Mountain Dew. Uh, 500 in the fries. 500. I literally said that 10 minutes ago. Yeah, so we huh? know it's 500, <laughs> 500 and 500. How much in a large Code Red? How much is in just a large uh, Coke? Well, one, McDonald's is Coke products, so they don't sell Big Red. Yeah. What? No, not uh, Big Red, Code Red. Just, Mountain Dew. Just one, pep- like a Pepsi. What's a large Pepsi in the... TC, what's a large Pepsi at McDonald's? McQuilkins... Off memory. <laughs> No, he's just fucking knows how to research. reading a blog article yeah. <laughs> instead of Googling. I thought, this is livestrong.com. This is healthy propaganda. So we have 150 cows from the soda. Plus 500. Plus, plus 500 from the fries. And 540. Plus 110 from the burger. No, but there were 540 calories. I'm, I'm looking for uh, total calories. Okay. So you're like at 1,200. Yes. Like 1,200 calories. And 150 uh, calories of that 1,200... Comes from meat. Comes from meat. That sounds like plant-based. That's like 11%. Yeah. Similarly, yeah. So, what are we talking about yeah, here, Jerry? Someone call the movie police. Text, call, what's the number of the movie police? 444 film? Why don't we just text Arnold? <sighs> Anyways, frustrating nonetheless. It's going to be topical at the holidays. How come, I can't um, wait to talk about it no, with my no. family. Uh, oh, I can't wait for the for, for the Packies discussion of this movie. I, I hope you watch it with them. But I'm just going to ask you a question. So, I'm listening. Uh, have you guys seen Avatar? Yes. Okay. Once. So I I actually like Avatar. I think it was a great movie. You mean Pocahontas too? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was. I thought it was great. Um, what I thought was interesting was. They are not vegans. The Na'vi are not vegans. They hunt animals. Uh-huh. Well, that's what Avatar 2 is about. So do you think going that vegan? In, in, the, in the new Avatar movie that they all go vegan to go into James Cameron's? I'm sure it's rife with political themes and undertones to try to manipulate us without even thinking about it. I cannot be manipulated. I think Avatar's an awesome movie. I, I, I know. I, I just honest. I just dug it. It's a story of America. It's I know. Awesome. I know. It's uh, let me tell you. Like, there's only a couple storylines. One of them's that, and the other one's like a buddy cop movie. 
So no, 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 we're not done with Avatar yet. McQuilkin, how old were you when you saw it first time? Uh, I saw it in theaters, mm-hmm. and it was one of the, it, probably the only 3D movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So I believe it did revolutionize 3D, correct? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I wasn't into it. I've never seen one since. Um, do you remember what? Tar- Tarak Makto? Yeah, Kelly Starrett. Yeah, Kelly Starrett <laughs> was Tarak Makto. My point, I'm not done yet, Tex. The, so how old the writer. Uh, when did it come out? I was in high school. Dude, I photoshopped. So you're in high school. I photoshopped Kelly Starrett. On the back of the fucking Last Shadow. Uh, Some of my best work. Avatar is... 2009. What? Maybe I was in college then. Is it 2009? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I didn't even fucking... I'm just guessing. Okay, so you're in college. In the peak. You're in the peak. You were in college in 2009? Grad school. Yeah. Grad school. I mean, you're peaking, Right. You're out there, you're partying, you're picking up chicks, you go to Avatar. Did you guys ask one another after walking out of that movie if you would have laid with Natiri? As a human or in your Avatar? No, you're a human. Who was the actress that played her? (sighs) Zoe Saldana. Uh, I don't, I mean, it would probably so be like... Um, who is also in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, no, she's... Uh, uh, I would have more. laid with her actor, Ashley, your must <laughs> Actress. Oh, Shit. Hey, Michelle Rodriguez is in there. Nice. Yeah. So the answer, the answer yeah, to my she, question, she was, on the gun was that a topic of discussion after you left the theater? If we thought the Avatar was hot? Not if they, obviously, the They're Avatar not avatars. They're not avatars. They were... You you're a human. You're a human, and you get to hook up with the Navi. If, am I in that, like, Matrix simulation? No, it no. is flesh. So it's me human with this alien. Yeah. Well, we saw how small the broken little marine so number one, was. So we're you're not probably there smaller yet. than that broken Hang on. marine. <laughs> we're not at <laughs> Sam that. Worthington? We're not there yet. I'm simply asking, did this, did this no, come up with you and your buddies? All. Not at all. No. That's the first thing we talked about. Number one, the answer was yes. Number two, now... Would you? Sam Worthington's 5'10"? Lay with, lay with Natiri. You're human. You keep asking this. I want to answer. It's a yes or no answer. As an alien or the actress? As an alien. If you were in the movie Avatar as Chris McQuilkin... And you had the chance. Am I human or am no, I human? You're into human. the Matrix. No, you're the broken okay, little marine. Fine. Hang on. As and, an avatar. and with as the helmet on. No, on. no, no, no. Not as an avatar, as a human. Let's give him a volley. Yes, as an avatar. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, let's pretend you're in the middle of it and the avatar machine breaks. And all of a sudden, you can't be the avatar anymore. Do you run out there and finish the job? Am I... Broken like Sam Worthington? No, you're... Whoa, uh, you're like, kind of emotionally broken like he is. Hang on, what do you mean? That's different. Loaded <laughs> question, what do you mean? Now or <laughs> in the movie? 19, 2009. Uh, do, okay. do, do we have to carry you as a broken Marine? Oh, you got my back? If I'm, I got you, dude. You if can, you need to get out there, I'm the, I'm the robot voice from... Uh, um, but how are they going to do all that open... <laughs> Grandma's voice. Yeah, how, he's in that. How are yeah. they going to do all the open mouth kissing when he has to wear the, uh, hmm. the helmet with the oxygen? Well, that part's over. Yeah, because you know he's a big, you know, yeah, business kissing. Time. What are you? Open mouth kissing <laughs> guy. Are we getting married? Whoa, 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 whoa. I heard reports from the 290 Club. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, that's the sir, kissing it's, that's thing. It's the last chance to That's phase kissing one. Bandit. That's phase one. But once You're you get like, past phase one, it was no... over there making out for a couple hours. Uh, it was America's birthday. It was. 
So you're saying, do you think you would? Obviously. <laughs> These are fictional characters. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe. We've never been to Mars. I'm just curious. Is the is Avatar Mars? I missed that. What's, no. what's the uh, what's the item that they're after? Like the uh, 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 like unobtainium. 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 Yeah, I thought like that was so funny. No, yeah. I think that's very is creative. It, that's not it, is it? I don't know. I'm just it's something like that. Something like that. Yeah. It is unobtainium. No fucking way. It's I don't a, give us the thumbs up in turn. I it's think not true. Uh, we used to use the term unobtainium. Uh, in relation to different girls. Be like, so, oh, she's unobtainium. I'm, it is unobtainium. Don't help him skirt by this. <laughs> so you're saying you're afraid to answer. I'm not saying I'm afraid to answer. I've just never thought about this. And you need it to, all it, depends. If I was mm -hmm. in the Matrix, plugged in, then yeah. Yeah, obviously. Both I think avatars. that's everybody, right? Well, well, wasn't it an interesting parallel for that movie uh, between the Matrix and Avatar? Yeah, that there was kind of like this similar deal of like, you know, like uh, this virtual reality consciousness where you get to be somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. Have you seen the Westworld? Yes. So awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm going back to, I'm, I'm back on the fence. Of what? I don't know. From my original question. Yeah. If well, you, Natiri. But, well, here's So you don't problem. know if you would um, lay with Natiri. Luke. Yeah. They weren't really expressive about like how that birds and bees thing actually happens. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of so like, what are the nuts and bolts of it? Well, I was kind of like, you know how they have their weird hair? Uh, like yeah. It's more like uh, judge dread. I kind of figured oh, that like Sandra, their oh, no, not judge demolition, man, their demolition, man, where they, their idea, plug in. Yeah, yeah. Their idea of banging is probably like, like, yeah, like, like their they scissor their ponytails. I have a feeling originally they were probably tails, but people are like, you can't do it. You got to make it their hair. Mm, yeah, because butt to butt is yeah. kind of goofy. <laughs> yeah. It would have been weird. Uh, it's like, hold on, our butt, our <laughs> tails are now intertwined. Uh, uh, so you might even not have, so that could, be, you might not have yeah, the hardware. You might not have the proper to, equipment to do to birds and bees with hard material. drive. Yeah. But you could imagine what it'd be like <laughs> if you did. So um, that was a weird thing. It was a, I'm surprised that it's such a, like, it was an overwhelming yes with my crew. And then it was like, on that, that shock value didn't last, and then you move on to something else. Well, yeah, yeah but no, I mean, is there it. anything that the Naperville crew wouldn't do? Yes. Nothing. Actually, really? They would, ne they would never do nothing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. like... Uh, da they've Dawson's crew. <laughs> yeah. Like, like yeah, I think uh, having sex with the uh, Navi is pretty low on the things that... Uh, yeah, like out of... Yeah. yeah. Ooh, like I, I'd be edgy. Like, yeah, I'd be like shocker. Uh huh. Uh, but it, no, so, ju uh, demolition man though no, yeah, is when Sandra they would plug Bullock. in. Oh man, she's so. You're you're a Sandra Bullock Huge fan. Sandra Bullock fan. That explains a lot. It do, it should. You know what I drive by every time I go to Houston, the scene of Bucky's. Hope Floats, the town Hope Floats that she was in. What's There's Hope Floats? A, uh, a romantic comedy starring huh. Sandra Bullock. And? When she goes off and returns home. Who's the guy? Small town, Texas. Uh, I believe last name Lucas. He was a, I forget his name, like first name, but he was a coach in one of the college basketball movies. Was, I mean, he didn't amount to much. Mm -mm -mm. I'm trying to think of what else is he's in. Director, Forrest Whitaker. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. uh, is it Lucas? The movie Lucas? No, the actor's name. Ah, uh, because... The movie Lucas is a phenomenal movie. Harry Connick Jr.? Oh, no, no, no. That's oh, the yeah, boy. no. Harry Connick Jr. was in Hope Floats, wasn't he? 
Oh, Lucas, I'm mixing him up with Sweet Home Alabama and her. It's the same fucking plot. But Tex, Sandra how Bullock many... is so much hotter than Renee with Zellweger. Or what? Also true. But uh, Wait, Re- no, Reese Witherspoon. Su- Sweet Home Alabama was Re- Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, Reese yeah. Witherspoon all day over Bullock. No. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, uh, I'm totally with you nope. on that. Nice. Yeah. Jay Willie has great taste in ladies. Uh, dude, Sa- Sandra Bullock? Nothing. Hmm? What? Ugh. I shouldn't say nothing. Uh, she looks so... She seemed a, annoying to me in speed. <laughs> Boy, that is, was, was going to be my one... actress. That, that was going to be my one, like... Oh, she was great in speed. And then also, what was the most recent movie she uh, was you in? You probably Bird loved Box. The Net. Uh, I love The Net. Oh, yeah. Bird Box? Yeah, Bird Box. Yeah. Baby Birds? You never saw Bird Box? Yeah, the stupid thing where she was all blindfolded. Oh, yeah. and, oh, Sweet Home Alabama, that was Josh Lucas. Uh, I was half right. Um, what, dude... I can't. Sandra Bullock is so much hotter than Reese Witherspoon. What? That's and all. Renee way. Zellweger, hometown, Katy, uh, Texas. Renee uh, Zellweger, I can, I agree with that. Maybe. Uh, Wait, you're like, saying Renee what, Zellweger over like, Reese Witherspoon? Um, no. Days and Confused, Renee Zellweger, because she was in Days and Confused. That was her. Uh, no, that was. Uh, That's a different girl. The girl from the Mallrats. Mm-hmm. What is her name? I don't know. Chasing Amy. It same actress. Ah, uh, I can't remember her name. I I did enhance mall rats. Um, Joey Lauren Adams, Adams. Gwen Turner, Big Daddy. Uh, Mm -hmm. Who was the brunette in Days and Confused? The guy, uh, the one dude's older sister. I thought she was probably like the hottest one in that movie. So, Tex, we can hear your loud ass keyboard. Gosh, it is so loud. I'm. Uh, Hurry up, Parker Posey. No, Parker Posey. She's pretty famous, but I, she's not the older sister. She's the jerk. Yeah, uh, Michelle Birch. What, did she go on to do anything else, John? I don't it think was so. Michelle Michelle Burke, older sister. Yeah, she was by far the hottest one in that movie. Coneheads, mm-hmm. Major League Two. Oh, she's lining up, knocking them down. Coneheads, mm-hmm. great movie. She's, Sliders, dude. That was an awesome show. Obviously. So hang on. So who, then who edges out Bullock on your list? Gina like, Carano, hands down, unquestioned, number one. Um, your number one Hollywood celeb. Unquestioned. Dream girl. Gina Carano. Is Gina Carano. Ladies and gentlemen, if anyone out there has a connect to Gina Carano, email text, T-E-X, at powerathletehq.com. Let's set him up on a date. We we uh, have she, one at she CSA single. Gym. I think she's single. Yeah, we we got to call up Jesse Burdick for a little meet and greet, a meet, <laughs> a meet cute. Can we just set something up where I get personally trained by Jesse Burdick <laughs> during Gina's training time at CSA? It's called, uh, it's called a meet cute, John. You know, we can manipulate um, the meeting, but uh, whatever. I'm trying to think. Like, I just haven't even been in this headspace. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't even give you like a top three list, McQuoken, well, on like Hollywood base. Um, who is the hell I'm thinking of? Man, she was in Sin City. Oh, uh, oh Jessica yeah. Alba. Jessica, Jessica Alba. Alba. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like a mom now. She has like a... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm uh, Team Alba. Yeah, what is it? Like the, the good company? Mm-hmm. Like the, uh, clearly, Megan Fox actually is my number one Megan overall. Fox. Mm-hmm. Transformers, Megan Fox. We've gone through this ad nauseum. I am not a Megan Fox fan. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, man, but that, yeah, that's clearly. So you're Sandra Bullock. So if we had Celebrity Crush Showdown, Street Fight, 
she would, would dominate. Dark Angel? Oh, that's Jessica Alba. That is dark, Jessica Alba, but she can probably fight too. Mm-hmm. What what movie has um, the chick from Transformers been in other than Transformers? Megan Fox? Yeah. <laughs> she was in this one where she was like an alien. I forget the name of it. It's Transformers. Girlfriend. No, where she was the alien. Yeah, Transformers. All right, we're going Megan Fox, Transformers, Jennifer's Body, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, she was April O'Neil. Uh-huh. She's in This Is 40, which is a depressing movie. Uh, The fact that she's married to Brian Austin Green, uh, the DJ from Beverly Hills Now 210, just, it's awful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then really the career just starts really going downhill in 2001. Well, that's before all this, actually. (laughs) She was in an Olsen's Twins movie. Um, Yeah. Man, I guess you look at her filmography. She not can't. real accomplished. <laughs> well, yeah. I heard she's hard to work oh, with. Oh, you know what I did watch this weekend? I should have watched, uh, not out of time. That's another Denzel movie, Man on Fire. But I chose to watch a movie I've never seen before, L.A. Confidential. Oh, very good one. Uh-huh. I, I always liked L.A. Oh, you know what I just rewatched in Pelican Brief. In that oh, same awesome. type of genre. Are those both, uh, like, books? Were those books? I, uh, I think, don't know. Um, that like, I don't know, but I did like that idea of the L.A. Confidential, because wasn't that the one, like, back in the like the 50s, 20s and the 30s, or the 50s, 50s with 50s the mob LA. was trying to come to L.A., and they went and they shut the mob out? Yeah. Tex, I got to tell you, like, no, knowing that you, knowing you as well as I know you, and how important, um, like, for a Hollywood persona to have a legacy of films is I see why Sandra Bullock ranks because she has some fucking great movies like what so I'm just going to read across uh, in no particular order like uh, Miss, Uncon- Miss Congeniality yeah, was great she's great. funny yeah she, she she's got speed uh, gravity can't speak for Ocean's 8 haven't seen it but I'm sure she did I've great seen it. Uh, the heat did watch it and eh, she did okay demolition man home run yeah a time it. to kill Home run. Those are good. The Lake House. I can live with uh, it if you can. With, with Keanu Reeves. I actually saw mm-hmm. that. Um, while you were sleeping, haven't seen that. Pra- Crash was won an Academy Award. Practical Magic. Didn't Two Weeks that. Notice, Hugh Grant. Seen that. 28 Days. Can't remember it. Premonition. Probably seen it. The Net. You're right, Tex. Awesome. Hope Floats. Man. She just... Our brand is Crisis. Did see that. She's great. Man, Speed 2, could have done without it. Still saw it in the theaters. Who was in Speed 2? Kiana? Uh, no, some other dude. So she, she went to, she's Arlington, Virginia. So went to high school down from my college. Hmm. So Wait, but wasn't there a Speed 2 with Keanu? No. No, Keanu. He, he wouldn't sign on. He knows better. It was like a, her boyfriend. Fuck is it? I don't know if it was the same character. You know, they changed actors. No, it wasn't. He was new. They met on a cruise ship. The cruise ship sunk. Spoiler alert. Um, no, it crashed on the beach. Fuck. Maybe we should go back and rewatch that one. Yeah. Annie is looking forward to a Caribbean cruise with her cop boyfriend, Alex. Oh, not Keanu Reeves. Right. That's Jason Patrick, P A T R I C, who purchased the tickets to make up for lying about working on a, the SWAT team. What is. Oh, he's in Lost Boys. Dude, this actor rocks. Rotten Tomatoes. Who is it? 4% rating. The, uh, the older brother from <laughs> oh, yeah, no, Lost he's, Boys. He's great. God, how good is Lost Boys? You got to watch this, dude. I do love Lost 1997. Boys. 
Losers. 97, that was LA Confidential year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that, at least, that was actually um, Russell Crowe's. Uh, I, I thought he did phenomenal in that. He did. Other than the fact that like he's an Australian guy and he was purposely, you know, trying to... Gain, I don't know. Gangster LA Yeah, it just... But no, I thought he was really good in that movie. I haven't seen it. I don't think I've seen it. LA Confidential. I'm on it. Recommend it. I love that John, like that era of yeah, those dramas. They, uh, Kim Basinger is in it and they, pl- they have like this 50s actress voice like Marilyn Monroe. So she like plays up this, this like dumb blonde, but mm-hmm. I don't know, kills it. Mm-hmm. And Guy Pierce is, yeah, did the all-star, all-star cast. Mm-hmm. It's just a, sh- a damn shame that film has gone from that to Game Changers, isn't it? Well, um, I think there's well, always going to be propaganda movies. I think, right? I was, mean, there's. A, but what was like a proper? Well, well, but go ahead. The problem is, is um, it's very trendy right now to be like uh, this idea that we've gotten painted that you know meat is ending the planet, and there's there's all these narratives associated with it. When you unpack it, it's just nonsense. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that the people that are spinning these narratives know that the people that are going to buy into it aren't going to be the ones that are actually going to research and take the time to figure out that it's fucking nonsense. Mm-hmm. But it's the headline crew, right? Read the headline, believe the reality, create your own reality with a, uh, you know, a tweet. Or they get all their information and political advice from chain letters. Yeah. Yeah. Same, but it's the same. It's the same people. The same. Uh, what did they call it in, in that movie about Cambridge Analytica, like the documentary, even that, which was like shockumentary type stuff, but they, um, they referred to those people the ones who could be swayed like that, they could. They had the the psychographic data on them based off of their cell phone and their browsing. And when we accept cookies and all this stuff, like it, it tracks all of our behavior. And then there's really really sharp dudes and chicks who put together these profiles that can predict what they need to say to get you to respond in a way, right? And that's ultimately like who we're talking about here. Well, I forget I'll, what they I'll were called. Just give you an example. Um, so now, have you noticed that like? Um like the, the different political uh, groups and like the political campaigns are now texting you. I had a lady text me the other day about uh, what's, what's the Yang, Daniel Yang, Alex Yang, the guy who's running for president. He's on the Democratic ticket. I had a lady text me the other day and she was like, oh, I'm an organizer locally for uh, Yang for president. You know, can you rate on a scale of one to five your likeliness of voting for him? Uh-huh. And I was Express like, zero. No, actually what I told her, was Andre, oh, Andre W. Andrew Yang. Andre and, uh, W. I actually, while I was looking at it, I pulled up Vegas odds on him. He's a, I think he's a plus fifteen hundred to get the nomination. So roughly, if I put a hundred bucks on him and he won the nomination, I'd won um, what is that, uh, one hundred fifty thousand. Or I think if I put one dollar, I get yeah, yeah. It's yeah. what you win if so. That equals what you win if you bet a hundred. Yeah. So uh, I get to make uh, so he's fifteen hundred. So I'd make a uh, hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars off of his win. No, you'd make that. No, that was it? off of one dollar. Is the bet? But if I put a hundred down, he he was fifteen. Basically, the way it worked out when I put in the deal, if I bet a hundred bucks. I would get $150,000 if he wins. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I was like, hey, the Vegas odds makers, they're always right. That Your fucking client ain't working or, yeah. or your candidate's fucking cooked. And, uh, and then I also told her, I'm like, you know, I also don't believe in the two-party system. I think it's fucking eroded the American people because it's forcing people into boxes and, and voting for their parties, party support instead of fucking candidates. And if people like you had actually campaigned for a third 
um, you know, uh, a third party candidate, we could get that uh, another person on the ballot. We only need 5% in the last nail. And like the lady like didn't respond. And then like an hour later was like, Hey, I was tending to my kids. How, uh, what was it? Uh, how likely are you vote for, or how likely are you to vote for Andrew Yang? And I was like, so you're saying there's a chance. I just told her, I was like, you know what? Um, like, I've basically taken your phone number and I've posted mm-hmm. on Craigslist for wanting porn. Nice. So. so I'm trying to look up 90s food documentaries and like as far back as I can find Super Super Size Me 2004 and then yeah. this one Gleaners and I. Have you never heard of that? So this is 2000. So you guys don't know this, but uh, you can pull it up that uh, Jack Lalane used to be on TV. So pull this up, dude. Uh, Jack, Jack, Lalane. Jack Lalane. Put on like Jacqueline TV. So back in like back in the day at the advent of television, Jacqueline used to go on TV and he would have like the Jacqueline show or whatever it was called. And he would give people training and diet advice mm-hmm. and like oh, full episodes on YouTube. Oh, it's it, they're awesome. But if you put in like Jacqueline diet, he was big into juicing. Mm-hmm. So like everything was juicing. Right. So the hilarious part is everybody that we knew had a juicer. I mean, we used to have to get up and drink this concoction my dad would make us in the morning called Coggle Juice. It was carrot, orange, I don't know what the L was, maybe oh. lemon. He did not drink coffee, no hair on his shoulders. Nope. Yeah. But uh, there, so, so there was a deal where he was on TV and he would talk about training and nutrition and juicing and go through the whole deal. And like people, everybody I knew had, had a juicer. And like... I remember there was like a Jack Lane gym that we used to drive by when I was a little kid. And it was like, I remember it had gold on the outside. And I asked my mom one time, I'm like, what is that place? And she's like, ah, it's in there. People working out. And, uh, I think we stopped and we walked in there and it was a lot of people in spandex doing weird stuff. My mom was like, we're out of here. Well, I got his, if, if it's man-made, don't five, eat it. Five habits. Number one, if it's man-made, don't eat it. Yep. That's it. Yeah, he, he's uh, and he, he wear these killer jumpsuits. Body doesn't grow old from overuse; it grows old from lack of use. Yep. Eat primarily meats and vegetables. Yep. Understand the power of daily habits. Sugar is worse than smoking. Sounds pretty good. Plant based. So, so this oh, is cigarettes plant based. So this is You're what. Not wrong. Uh, when oh. did when did his shows air? Were in the sixties. Uh. I just had it up. Where did it go? Yeah, so he like so he started his show in the fifties and it went into the eighties and I remember as a little kid seeing it on on TV mm-hmm. and uh he used He's to like nineteen thirty six opened the nation's first health club in yeah. Oakland. Yep. And uh he would he would go on, he'd wear these crazy jumpsuits and like he would exercise and talk to people about diet and nutrition and oh, invented the Smith machine. Everybody Loved it. So there, I think that was really the first uh, time that people were getting like diet and nutrition advice, like handed to them through mm-hmm. like a media outlet. In that right. Way. And it was non-crazy. No. Uh, if you follow Jack LaLanne's five rules, have some good habits. If it's man-made, don't eat it. Uh, eat meats and veggies and sugar's worse than smoking. 
okay. Like, <laughs> I'm sure if I stuck, to, if you stick to that, you're probably going to be farther along than if you're fucking trying to consume, you know, 9,000 calories yeah. of fucking avocado, which believe me, I love guacamole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just went to this, uh, to shore down on 71 last yeah, night with yeah. my mom and they have a little oh, ceviche plate. That's like a, a gua- it's more guac than ceviche, uh, ceviche. It's pretty good, dude. I, but it's I, easily like, like yeah, six hundred calories. No, yeah, easy, easy. Uh, like, like that's what people don't realize is that the caloric density of this stuff. And then they're like, oh, I can't lose any weight. And you're like, oh, I just had this little appetizer. Oh, you had five avocados. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mozzarella sticks. So there's a uh, vegetarian. My mom told the story when uh, when I was born. Our next door neighbor had this huge avocado tree. And um, they had like like it was this like hundred year old avocado tree, and it used to just drop like dozens of avocados. So she would go in the back and like pick them up, and if you don't pick them up, they go rotten. Mm-hmm. So she would pick them up, and put them in bags, and then give them to all the neighbors. So um, she gave us like all these huge bags of avocados, and my mom would just like kind of like cut them in half, pull out the thing, and then as I was sitting there, just like spoon feed me to try to get rid of the avocados. And uh, she she went and like the hilarious thing is. Um, I guess it's six months. She took me in for uh, the like you know checkup, whatever you like your six month checkup, and I weighed uh, thirty pounds. Mm, it's a bit above average. Yeah. So the the doctor like freaked the fuck out, and he was like, "Holy shit, dude! Like uh, like we don't have three year olds to weigh this much." And like my mom was like, and I like she told me the story, and I'm like, "Nah, there's no way." And then she showed me a picture, and she's like, "Well, this was you at six months," and I'm like sitting next to my brother, and we're pretty much the same size. <laughs> and she's like, "I'm not kidding you." I'm like, "Well, how many avocados are you feeding me?" She's like, "I don't know, like two or three, maybe four. You seem to like it, and I just kind of just sit there and eat them. And you like the avocados? I'm like, okay, avocado superfood, mm-hmm. mommy. You're probably giving me like four thousand calories a day. At, yeah, at right, like, right. At like at like two months old." That's a lot of baby poo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Real soft. <laughs> well, you know, they probably threw a banana in there just to make sure I uh, was yeah. nice and constipated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I still laugh about the avocado thing. And then uh, I think what happened was the tree got so big, the limbs, that uh, it broke and cracked and they had to remove the tree. And my mom, like, called me hysterical and she's like, Barbara Culver's avocado tree broke. And I was like, what? She's like, you remember? And I was like, oh, fuck, I do remember. That's crazy. So, mm-hmm. Yep. Avocados. I do remember that. Talk to me, Johnny. I don't know. I I can't remember. All I know is the comments. People were going bonkers in the comments because you're like, you you had indicated that it was possible in the heat of the paleo, the peak of the paleo diet, which at the peak, there was no respect for like calories in, right? So eat whatever you want as long as caveman would eat it. And your position was like, you can have too many avocados. Yeah. Two is probably too much for most people. Yeah. Right. And people were like, no, that's not true at all. You can put bacon on your avocado and be Dude, fine. Uh, that was like... So, Are we venturing back into that, so that level of... Let's, uh, let's go back and, like, and just to go show that um, and we're not just tooting our own homes. A power athlete has always been so far ahead of the curve. And this goes back to my NFL days when I used to go get my basal metabolic rate done and I used to track calories and body weight and all, you know, used to do my blood work or uh, used to do my blood sugar. And it was pretty universal that there was uh, a calories in calories out deal that like, Hey, if expenditure was through, I had to eat more and I weighed in and I, I weighed my body weight every day to be able to hit these numbers. And like, I knew if I went out and over ate and it was like, Hey, I ate 6,000 calories. I was going to be heavier. If I didn't eat enough, I'd lose weight. And like, so when people are like, Oh, I, I just had to, you know, seven butter coffees and a pound of bacon, but it's paleo. So I won't gain a pound. And it's like, no, 
like uh, I don't know if you guys know who Jimmy Moore is, but he uh, he has a website called Live in Low Levita Low Carb. Yeah, Low Vita Low Carb. Uh, Jimmy Moore is obese and eats the uh, uh, like you know it's a big paleo low carb guy, and the reason is he eats like a starved dog. Like, uh, like that dude fucking crushes like 10,000 calories, but it's all low carb. Like, I, I, like it doesn't matter if it's coming from carbs, you know, fat, whatever it looks like. Like if you overeat on calories, you're going to be fucking heavy. Mm -hmm. Just, you know? Yeah. And the thing that determines your caloric intake is your activity. Yeah. So if you're a lazy, do nothing, then you probably don't eat a ton, a ton of calories. <clears throat> yeah, if you're fucking busting your ass and but it's tricky too because like if you look at the bioavailability of the like vital micronutrients like let's say we try to use whole foods to get as much micronutrients as we have and god forbid we have a deficiency in something and have to have a lot of that food there's a caloric load associated with that like that's a trade-off you're consuming calories to get micronutrients yeah so to so you want to offset consume... that you need to include a level of activity yeah to burn off, to have to balance the thermodynamics, the calories in versus calorie out, to get the vital micronutrients that you need to be the healthiest version of you. Well, um, the uh, and, and like people are like, oh, I lost weight on the vegan diet. Well, yeah, because it's not calorically dense. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless you're eating like uh, uh, you know fucking six avocados a day. I mean, I, like I always go back to like the sushi deal. Like, hey, like I went and ate sushi and like an hour later I'm hungry and it's like I felt like I ate a lot, but I didn't really eat a lot. Mm -hmm. It's just not it's just not calorically dense. And I think um a big thing which whenever I was watching those uh, on the game changers when the NFL guys were sitting there eating and I was like looking at like their food, I was trying to calculate, I'm like, Man, um how many how many of these meals are these guys eating a day? Mm -hmm. And what I what I believe is that probably in their minds they like you know from over the course of 30 years of eating and this like you have a general idea at least most human beings like if i sit down on a plate i have a general idea of how much is going to fill me up mm -hmm. like i know that like hey this meat like all these veggie this this is going to fill me up uh if i ate half of this i'm still going to be hungry like i like you kind of like gauge i think the problem is is when you switch out and you all of a sudden ditch meat from your diet and now there's like these fake meats you throw it in and you're still looking at it like, oh, that's a decent amount of food. And then all of a sudden you're under eating dramatically and you're like, holy shit, man. Oh, I've lost 30 pounds. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. I was eating the same stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just not as calorically dense. Yeah. Yeah. Where was my mind kind of wandered on that? Uh, so to give, I guess, perspective, the food that they were using as well was a burrito with a flour tortilla, like a 12 inch flour tortilla, four ounces of meat, and then a bunch of beans, a bunch of rice, right? And, and, then, and, then, and then they pulled out the meat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then what happened? The blood stuff was clear. It looked less uh, icky. Yeah. You know, that's a, I never even thought, like, John, that's a great point. Like, you could do a voiceover on that, that exact scene, right? Take out their audio and just put a voiceover of, you want this. You See, this, this blood is way too clear to perform. The dark stuff in this blood, this is what helps you perform. Yeah, that's saturated fat, which is going to communicate with your cells better right? because the cholesterol is what talks to your cells. But the point is, like, then you've totally shifted the fucking narrative just by saying the dark stuff is the good stuff. What we should do is re-record the movie, <laughs> get rid of the voices, and then we voice over everything, mm -hmm. and then we put it out and call it... Game, game how changer talk? game. Yeah, no, game how, changers, ers, ers. How have we not talked about the boners? Oh, okay. Uh, well, we were saying best for last. That. You didn't get a boner? 
No, one, I didn't get a boner. Two, I didn't understand the... Uh, do you know why? Because nobody's ever tested that. So let me, let's no, lay out the no, framework. So they have, they bring in some college football players right. to I do a test. That's baseball. Yeah. I could find no credible test that supported that. So they bring in what, college what athletes to, boner test? to work. <laughs> boner, thickness, hardness. Your, your computer, what should I search? Uh, big veiny cock. <laughs> test. Ladies and gentlemen, they legitimately have a device that measures the uh, duration and I guess circumference. You know how you're supposed to do that, don't you? With with stamps, spotter, oh. stamps. So, so so you basically like before you go to bed, like the test they tell you for like you know to check to see because you're supposed to get a series of hard ons over um, uh, erections over the course of the night. You're supposed to take uh, like stamps and like put like a roll, like a whatever, like a few stamps, like in a roll around to kind of do this. Uh-huh. And then when you grows, the perforated line breaks. So uh-huh. you wake up and it, the um, the perforated line has not been broken then obviously you're not getting erections in the mm-hmm. night, which is a real problem. Interesting. Yeah. That's how you're supposed to, or that's a way you could. Or, yeah. Or, or you could go see this doctor who yeah. has a special device that you Velcro around your unit. I think it's called a cock ring. Yeah, it's, but it's Velcro, if I recall. And you strap it on this device on your leg, and it basically it allegedly measures duration, frequency, and um, Intensity. What they didn't tell you was that the first time after they ate meat, they also fed them a dozen beers. Yeah, right. They're college. I think they did that on their own. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, there were so many variables for this. Like, the the findings were that okay, they had a bean burrito day night two, and they had a chicken or steak burrito night one. Well, he was trying to say night one they had less frequent, less. Yeah, uh, intense so erections. His idea was that consuming meat and saturated fat from animal-based proteins reduces vascularity or mm. va- or like uh, um, some... I have to go back and read it exactly. I'm going to talk out my ass. But like the idea that like there's uh, vascularity in the cells is mm-hmm. reduced because of this, mm-hmm. which I could not find anything credible that related to right. that. So they follow up this whole segment with like these results have not been like, this is not a legit study essentially. Like, no, this case is a fucking quack. Yeah. Vogel quack. Yeah. So like, why even include that? But I think it's just an emotional appeal. Well, because the, like what you, the whole movie was geared towards men. Like, like that was another interesting thought. Like, uh, you know, like, um, this whole thing of like macho men, sport, gladiators, strong men, bodybuilder, uh, you know, these young guys not getting hard ons if they meet Arnold, like everything was like, there was a very specific demographic. They kind of did the opposite of what power athlete does where we just create great content. And we hope that people find it. Mm-hmm. They actually sat down and said, okay, if we know that this, like, uh, like there's other ways to sway women into a vegan diet, but how do we most, uh, how do we reach get the, the demographics of like 18 to 42 year old men that we want to convert because those are the people that are hanging on and not going with our fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. So what we need to do is create a really fucking jiggy movie with a cool name like Game Changers, get people like Jackie Chan or Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, talk about a whole bunch of athletes, give them a bunch of fucking studies about how their erections won't get as hard, their muscles won't get as big, their teeth aren't this, and just bombard them with this and this really glitzy thing. We'll get James Cameron, he'll give it fucking Avatar, and... uh this is how we'll sell this demographic. Mm-hmm. So I believe that the movie was designed, and then they this James dude who, um, to me, is a uh, you know I don't know him personally, but um, 
if he spent the X amount of hours that he did studying he this, he did, yeah. and he couldn't figure out that why the fucking uh, gladiators were fat, he I think he was just surfing the internet looking at porn. Like, mm-hmm. he just wasted his fucking time. Um, but I studies. really believe, like, looking at the website, it looks a lot like um, uh, a muscle farm. Um, yeah, Muscle Farm. Yeah, so Muscle Farm, the the uh, supplement company, it's the same colors. It has the same feel as Muscle Farm. Uh, like they have attached this and and designed the website, the information, the branding, everything to hit this certain demographic. Eat like a game changer. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it is. And then they're like, you know, the way they're attacking it, the way they're baking this stuff in, it, it, it's just a very, very targeted approach. But the name's not terribly inaccurate based off of a cursory review of high-performing athletes who've gone who've from a successful, diet. Yes, successful NFL career to out of the fucking exactly. NFL. Exactly. That's so, a game changer. Uh, you know what a game changer is? Huh. Uh, Cam Newton on IR. Game changer. Uh, Fuck, uh, Colin Kaepernick can't get a job. Game, game changer. changer. There's a lot of extenuating uh, oh, circumstances well, Kyrie Irving. Did you know Brian Arapaho? Uh, Arapaho, yeah. yeah. University of Texas. He went vegan? Oh, he tore his pec again? And then That's he got hurt. injury-prone athlete and in then, the NFL. And then he, he you know why? Because he, he was a meat eater. Then he went vegan, and he fucking retired. Good odds. I'll tell you, though. Uh, but he does own Gigi's Cupcakes, our neighbor uh, in BK. Yeah, right around the corner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go in there and be like, yo, Brian. Make me a cupcake. Nice. Cupcake. Burn. Cupcake. Burn. Uh, can, can you put bacon on that? Yeah. Ooh. Meat cakes. Do you have anything with a side of flesh? Yeah, like a real thin, real lean, like filet of penis. I think he's doing better. Oh, yeah? No, not at all. But no, let me tell you, no, nobody goes from playing the NFL to fucking hawking <laughs> fucking cupcakes. cupcakes. I just, it's uh, great. What about the, what about the firefighter? Approach. Uh, oh, Do we because, got, because you know, usually firefighters are like the model of uh, of mm-hmm. health. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, they, and that's what like all they do is sit around, and eat food, and get cats out of trees. <laughs> no, uh, they, I'm just uh, kidding. Firefighters, a lot, a lot of chili cookoffs. Uh, so, I, where where do you, should I start on this one? At the top, we re- we received a gift mm-hmm. from Power Athlete Faithful out there and their firehouse in, in appreciation for. Sound training and nutrition advice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, they've used uh, what we put out for an extensive research for his, this individual self and the rest of the firefighters that he works with on a daily basis. Seen all of his firefighters subscribe and implement materials from nutrition, training, and life from the Power Athlete uh, radio podcast, which is the premier podcast in strength and conditioning. Ing. Ing. How'd you know he wrote that? Um, I actually did add that. You guys have made a big impact around the globe that extends beyond merely performance. Although the idea of a carbohydrate-restricted diet and firefighter came from Rob Wolf's book, Wired to Eat, my dissertation implemented other components that I pulled from Talk to Me Johnny and some of the nutrition episodes from Power Athlete Radio. At the end of the study... The firefighters lost 8 to 10 pounds of body fat, reduced blood pressure, and markers of inflammation, and improved performance uh, times in certain firefighter-specific tasks. There's a lot I'd like to say, but I know you dudes are busy with the new intern. Fucking intern. Takes up so much time. intern. Uh, And him causing video errors during PA radio filming. He must know you. Um, 
my firefighting, my firefighters want to say thank you. And uh, now that he has graduated, he's at a new university and he hopes to continue making an impact at the Florence, Alabama firefighters with the power athlete and talk to me, Johnny material. Thank you. Hope to meet you all soon. Discuss life further from our boy Hunter. Right. So there you go. Power athlete died. Did the same fucking shit. And it's a lot tastier. And you know what? Uh, I love the fact that like the guy goes in there and he's like giving him all this stuff and like, you know, oh, helping him along. Like, how about just providing him, you know, non-crazy stuff, uh, helping him get a little more sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, that guy is, um, uh, you know, that, what is it like? Number two, you see like the two, I mean, it's all over Whole Foods. I mean, they've really, really done a good job of like marketing and getting that in mm-hmm. there. It's just not some like you know, small town kid done good. Like, Oh, I started this food company and mm-hmm. now, you know, it's uh there was a lot of marketing, a lot of sizzle behind that. Yeah. So, and, and again, giving listeners context, if you're not going to watch the movie and don't want to burn two hours, uh, there's, there was one of these storylines, these story arcs was, uh, this dude goes into a firehouse and educates former, former fireman, former fireman educates this firehouse on the benefits of a vegan approach well, and plant-based. the risks plant-based is what plant-based the risks of eating meat right and um i thought it was i don't know even that whole thing like why why are those dudes in full gear in the front row you notice that yeah like how ready do yeah yeah they're in there in their coats <laughs> anyways Always talks on. about and then here here's what they do they do like a x amount of day challenge i can't recall do you recall one week one week challenge Measure, re- test, retest, eat vegan for a week. We'll retest, see markers go down. Oh, this must work as a long-term approach. So do this the rest of your life. So they went from eating whatever they were eating. Yes. Uh, which is like... For one week. And then they And I do, from what I understand from our buddies in fire, like the, the old timers truly fit the stereotype of like chili cook-off, like yeah. epic fucking meals. Oh, dude. Uh, right. Firemen can cook. Yeah. yeah. So th- that like, is like a thing, not the thing in all firefighters. I understand it's not like total broad brush, but like, that is a issue that does affect some departments. So yeah, you take dudes off of like a totally inflammatory approach to eating, put in a little exercise, add some micronutrient density. Yeah. Right. What do you expect? Positive health outcome. No duh, but you can do that. Keep fucking high, high level of protein in the diet relatively. Right. Well, anyways, Hunter, thanks for writing in, man. Appreciate it. Um, we should get a copy of that. Okay. What so do you mean? You, Cause he wrote his dissertation on this study that he did with his crew. Yeah. Oh, oh, Hunter, oh. if you're listening, mm-hmm. uh, email it. Don't mail it like you did the sweatshirts, but why not? <laughs> okay. Print it out and mail it. Mm hmm. Hunter, yeah, we'll send it. it. <laughs> send it. <laughs> uh, what else do you guys want to talk about? <sighs> did you? Did I what? Probably not. <laughs> Movies. I, I did stumble upon John watching Mission Impossible. Which on one? One of his sick days. Yeah, I did. I stop by the house. Yeah, I watched a Mission Which Impossible. Which one? No, they're all the same. No, this Dude, one was Fallout. Ethan is the Fallout. I one? may or may not have sat down for thirty minutes and. No, I'm just kidding. But no, it was Fallout, the newest one. Mm-hmm. I love that villain. Which one is that? That dude. Well, he's Fall across the most, two. Yeah, he's across two. Films. Yeah, he's the last two, right? Fall which, is the most recent. Which one. guy is it? Uh, I can't remember his okay, name. Okay, like the oh, man. I don't think he's a very well-known actor. He's just got a real Weasley villain mm-hmm. voice. He's it might be across. Is he across three? McQuilkin? Possibly. Oh, did you say he's a CrossFitter? Uh, they're all CrossFitters. Where is this little... Oh, uh, Sean Harris. Solomon Lane. Solomon Lane. 
Solomon Lane. Well, I did see the plot for the new James Bond. Oh, I did like that movie. That was a pretty good one. Is that the yeah, new no beard? Shit, man. Yeah, no, I, I did watch that. Yeah, he's in Prometheus. Yeah, as well. He's in thirty plus movies. Impossible, Mission Impossible. Um, Doesn't he die in that movie? Whoa, spoiler! Which one? The Mission Impossible. The the Fallout. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's like you don't remember. Fallout is the first one with Superman, right? I didn't oh, watch yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't like his character in that. You have to watch uh, it maybe four or five times till you I, get dude, it. I think, I it, think was, I th- it does turn out to be pretty good. I just think be the hammer. Like, I, I think uh, um, I think he was purposely, I don't know. It, Over-Americanized? Yeah. Oh, o- yeah. Overacting, 100%. but he was a bad guy. He, mm-hmm. he came out to be a double agent, didn't he? Uh-huh. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Finish the movie, John, for the love of God. Ah, uh, dude, it's not mission did, predictable. I it's did, mission impossible, man. I didn't watch the end of it. Yeah, you got to watch oh, it. Oh, man, yeah. So That's like good. one of the best parts. I'll, I'll tell you, the actress that plays Ethan Hunt's wife, she's up in my top ten. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, Michelle Monaghan. Monaghan. Yeah. There's a G in there. That's why I got confused, people. Um I love figured, me some fucking uh, some thing. Rams. The uh, the chick from the Notebook. I figured that was more your speed. Rachel McAdams. Yeah. I do like this Vanessa Kirby chick, who's like the new. She was the she Fallout was her breakout, wasn't it? Who's also in Shaw and Hobbs. Uh oh, oh yeah. She did yeah, well. But the problem with that movie, the Shaw and Hobbs, is she's twenty something, and Jason Statham's what like sixty. What? And, and yeah, he's Keep like going. he's like late fifties. And they're showing these flashbacks of them as kids. And I'm mm-hmm. like, isn't she in her 20s? You don't know this. Well, I think Jason Statham's supposed to be younger than real life. Like, he's supposed but to be But how do you 40s. get to be, like, a military... Oh, I love his known four on IMDb. Listen to this top four. Crank. <laughs> Fast and Furious 7. Boom. Spy with Melissa McCarthy. I have not seen that one. And The Meg. The shark. The movie. Meg. He's known. Statham's known for the Meg. That's how IMDb uh, shows to represent. He's someone's gotta, trolling him. He's got to be in his fifties. Age? Uh, late fifties. Born in nineteen sixty-seven. Math. Nobody knows. Forty-two. Fifty-two. Fifty-two. So he's so he's in his fifties, and then how old's this chick? In real life, thirty-one. Okay, so obviously. <laughs> Obviously, like, okay, so there's 20 years apart. Like, uh, they're showing flashbacks to them as kids, and I'm like, come on. Like, at right. least get somebody more age-appropriate. Like who? Somebody who's maybe mid-40s? <sighs> Paul Walker would be perfect, RIP. That man never ages. No, I didn't mean, like, for her Literally. And then, and then there was all that weird, like, romance with her and The Rock, which was so awful. Why? It was so unaccustomed. It was so awkward. Yeah, that's the whole point. I assumed. <laughs> I thought it was brilliantly awkward. Yeah, I like. I I was like, really. I was like, the Rock gets a love interest. The Rock never gets a love interest. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Rock's too busy kicking ass for a love interest. That's right, candy asses. Yeah, the Rock doesn't need a love interest. Uh, so all of the, if you were to line up all those Mission Impossible movies, McQuilkin. I like the really old one with um, fr- number one is the best one. Uh, the one with uh, John so? Boyd. Yeah, that's, one. that's the number that's one. That's the best mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I saw that in theaters. I love that um, movie. Yeah, it was awesome. So, that's, I, so that's 96. I, tur- I turned Ghost on Mission Protocol is also pretty good. I yeah, turned on the Mission Impossible expecting something of that caliber, and I was disappointed. Oh, man. 
dude. The only one I didn't like was two. No, two is legit. That's e- that's but Ethan it, Hunt it, with long hair. Two, Does two is he your ever? speed. Literally, it's no. Fast and Furious overstunted. Mm-hmm. That's what I like about was Mission that the Impossible. One? It's realistic. No. Well, the problem is, as or the question I ask is, has, you know, when they say, like, uh, your mission, if you choose to accept it, has he ever not accepted a mission? No, but that's like their... So a cool fact... It's a TV show. Yeah, cool fact from the TV show in the beginning where like John Voight blows up or shot and all his teammates... Spoiler alert, all his teammates die in like the first 10-minute <laughs> scene. So it was supposed to be the original TV show cast of Mission Impossible and then it was almost like a handoff of the franchise to Ethan Hunt. But then nobody liked that they would die. Like mm. they weren't a part of this continuation so they just got... Other people like Emilio to mm-hmm. die. Yeah. Mm. I thought that was so cool. I, it should have been them. So um, what about, I'd say I, I do, my favorite villain is Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman's Well, he's character. just an amazing actor. Owen Davian, Solomon Lane, Jim Phelps, Sean Ambrose, Sabine Moreau, Kurt Hendricks. Those are the, well, the, I think this is Jim Phelps's from the original. But those are the names of the villains from the series. Can you one more time? Owen Davian, Solomon Lane, Sean Ambrose, Sabine Moreau, and Kurt Hendricks. Those are good names. Great. It's out does James Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just read the, the plot of the new one. I was mentioned earlier, but super excited for what, that. What, new James Bond? Yeah. Uh, I'll see every James Bond movie that's ever come out. I, I think like, Daniel like Craig. If, if it comes out, I'll see it. I love him. I think Daniel Craig is the the best one. So, um, Well, he has no testicles. Is this a real not? thing? You don't remember in the James Bond where the guy put oh. him in that seat and had his balls and then smashed him with that fucking, uh, yeah, with I that do. rope? Yeah, but I that. think the point was his balls survived because he's got like brass balls, balls of steel. No, he, they made the joke that he doesn't have balls anymore. Hmm. So like every time I'm in there, I'm like, he's, oh, well, that's why he's philanthropying around. Oh, he's just out there just... So you're your team Daniel Craig for the Bonds. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Here's why. So I do love... Because of parkour scene and that I one? I love Goldeneye. But the new James Bond, again, it's more Who, real. Uh, Pierce Brosnan? I do love Goldeneye. Uh, but the uh, rest of the movies that followed, the stunts, the action, it's not real. It's too comic book. Yeah. But Daniel Craig's... Yeah, it, no. It, it is possible. He's super fit, man. Um, I'll tell you this. I grew up seeing Roger Moore. I thought Roger Moore was the coolest. I remember, like, as a little kid going in seeing, like, Moonraker and, like, uh, like all these movies. But uh, when I got older and I got to see Sean Connery, like, Sean Connery's cool is, like, the coolest. <laughs> yeah. Like, I always think, like, Sean Connery, like, where he, like, just just the looks and, like, the way he presented himself and the lines and all that, like, he just, he had class. It, it was, yeah, so I watched all the Bonds. My dad's in Sean Connery camp, and I was like... But uh, Pierce Brosnan was, but it, wasn't I Pierce Brosnan, he was, was like, trying to influence, that was, like, the... Continuation of that. Uh, I like charm, Brosman. right? Uh, I, I always liked no, him a lot good. as an actor. I I liked him as much in the James Bond, and I even liked him in the uh, Thomas Crown Affair. It's oh, yeah. still one of my favorite movies. Really His like he's super charismatic. He's good looking. He he like looks the part. Like everything about him, I think he's a great James Bond. I think Daniel Craig. Like I think that uh, they do really well in the selecting of those guys. Oh, they they, they have know? to. Oh yeah, it, it, it's an iconic role. But just like like the things that are associated, like you know, like the Rolex watch, and then you remember how they like went away and they were like Omega and BMW. 
Mm-hmm. And then they came back to like Aston Martin mm-hmm. and uh, uh, like and, and there were the Rolexes. Like I just love like the the brands that are associated with James Bond are so classy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Dan, so Daniel Craig's in this. Yes. Most, so it, he's not turning. This is his last one. It is officially his last one. And so there were there was rumors of two find somebody else to new to replace it. And I don't think they found anybody that would fit the, the guy who prestige. they were, uh, um, uh, I saw his name got thrown up who I thought would be pretty good was the bad guy in Hobbs and Shaw. Well, Blood. that's exactly why he lost it. <laughs> well, no, what was Hobbs and Shaw? Yeah. Yeah. So they were really? kind of grooming him and they thought he'd be the guy. And then he did the Hobbs and Shaw thing. And I think that they're like, distasteful. No way. Crazy. Yeah. That's a what's, real story. What's his name? Yeah. What's his name? I, Idris Alba. I like him. I don't I, uh, I pronounce that uh, wrong. Dude, I, I thought he he's was. He's awesome in The Wire. No, well, he, he's in The Wire, but he's also in um, uh, Rock and Rolla. Oh, yeah. You remember? Also great flick. Dude, one of my favorites. If you haven't seen Rock, because that's kind of a sleeper. That I is the Rock sec- and Rolla. Uh, I have that on my phone, and I probably, every time I travel, I watch Rock and Rolla. I, it's got Jeremy Piven in it. It's got Don Cheatham. Uh, it's got, um, obviously it's got, uh, him, it's got, um, the, the other movie in the previous, it's got, uh, uh, Thaddea. It's also got Gerard Butler. Uh, Well, Gerard Butler's a star. I mean, and, uh, Mm -hmm. Tom Hardy. Yeah. Tom Hardy. Um, so the other movie in the previous out for this one, handsome Bob players, uh, Guy Ritchie's new movie. Yeah. It looks awesome. So it's called the gentleman, like, um, that's the other one. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for. to see that one. Well, well, the other one I'm, I'm stoked to see on is I want to see the Irishman. Oh yeah. That's coming uh, out soon. I know. Uh, yeah. but the, the one that I feel like I missed and like totally just fucking threw me for a loop and it was in and out of the movie theater so fast. I'm amazed. It's not going to get any Academy award votes, uh, is the, uh, Rambo final blood. Uh, no desire, man. Like that, that movie, those oh, three I'll watch movies it on a plane, the three Rambos, the real Rambos hold like a de- hold a deer. You mean one, two, and three, or are you talking about like Rambo? Uh, Rambo like, one, two, and three. First yeah. Blood, and then there was Rambo was was the one where he was like the boatman, mm-hmm. uh, like in in. But Cambodia. what's interesting? Four, I, I'm curious. Rambo. Yeah, so Rambo four was just Rambo. So I'm curious mm-hmm. why for that like th- those Rambo movies, I just don't even want to see the new ones. Oh, and pollute my memory of it where at, but like predator is in that same vein for me like i really love predator but we watch the but i one. love the new predators and how outrageous they are why do Which why is there that predator? Dichotomy? you mean like the danny glover predator no, predator 2 you mean no yeah. i'm talking about predators alien versus predator oh i saw those those were awful no they're great no uh-huh. they just ruined it like the alien See, versus predator but not for like, me uh, i wonder why yeah i wonder why I, Maybe because it's still Stallone trying to do it, and it's not Arnold like hanging in there trying to dude uh, be the Terminator. Uh, be which Dutch. Is out, Predator Two with Danny Glover. I thought I really liked that one. Yeah, it's I good. It's a legit awesome. one. Mm-hmm. I, I'd have to rewatch it. I do remember watching it on TV. So like the TV movie version, it's probably mm-hmm. not as good. Uh, dude, yeah, well, I tried like, to go see Rambo. Fuck you, man! I tried to go see Rambo in the movie theater. And like, oh, I like went a day late. Cash was, didn't want to go. <laughs> no, I was like, I was like looking for a time. But I was like, I got I was like, ah, oh, you know, hey, Kate was like, hey, we got to do something on like a Saturday. We got to take I got to go with the kids. And I was like, oh, and I like pulled it up. I couldn't find any place. And I was like, didn't it just get released last week? It was in the theaters for like a week. And then what I've been happened? trying to like see it online and like I can't find it. Here's something interesting. So with the and John brought it up, the Irishman, how they have the tech to make you look really young. 
they're making a movie starring James Dean, who only made like three movies and then died in a car wreck. Yeah. So now they're making he made, a movie. Uh, Families released his his likeness. 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 And so now, like a lot of the what actors, were his three movies. I mean, I, I know Rebel Without a Cause. Uh, what was his other movies? Rebel uh, Without a Cause. He was in a Western. Giant, East of Eden. Okay. Isn't the Irishman on Netflix or no? It's it going to. Uh, they're going to release it in theaters, so it gets Academy Award uh, votes. Oh, okay. But uh, Netflix sponsored it. Gotcha. Oh, dude, Scorsese, Pesci. Mm-hmm. Oh. So the three. Rebel Without a Cause, East of Eden. Have you guys seen Rebel Without a Cause? I have, but not like, not, it was like watching it with my dad or something like that. uh, You know what I mean? I think everybody's got to watch it. It's great. I can do that. I Um, mean, uh, it's such an iconic movie. Like, such an iconic movie. Like that, um, uh, yeah. I mean, like, like I I think there's certain movies that you have to watch that are just so iconic, like uh, Some Like It Hot with Marilyn Monroe. Like, just some of those, like, older movies that you just have to see. Like, just because there's so many, like, and, and it's hilarious if you, like, see them now, you'll, like, oh, now I get all these references, you know? Pave the way for future film. Yeah. Going on. We, we got to give Den of Thieves some love. Mm-hmm. And they pay tribute to Heat and a lot of the bank robberies that are in that movie, but mm-hmm. just awesome. Dude, um, I'm not a Ben Affleck fan, but I am a fan of The Town. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, the, the robberies and the, like, dude, the, the Town's another one of my movies I could watch at any time. Mm-hmm. Going back to... He's like, I, I don't want you to ask any questions. I ever wanted to ask, but we're going to go hurt some people. It's like, whose car are we taking? Mm-hmm. Uh, Gemini Man, you, are you on board for that? That's the Will Smith first Will Smith movie. Uh, I just I don't trust Will Smith anymore. I no, there's why? some underlying uh, theme that no, he's trying to push no. and promote to us. I don't trust him. What he does is he does dog shit, and then he'll throw you like an amazing performance, and then you'll be like, "Oh, thank God! Okay, I'm gonna throw you dog shit for the next ten times." Name a good one after I Am Legend. Uh, he made the one with um, with. Uh, uh, and this is not a hard stance. I'm no, just curious. What was the one where he was? He, he's the billionaire. Um, who uh, hard no like it's a hard work movie or Pursuit of Happiness yeah Pursuit of Happiness that was great Seven Pounds I haven't seen Tear Jerker Tear Jerker Hitch Hitch (laughs) phenomenal movie Focus all fun not great but fun Hancock big Hancock fan yeah dog shit no no Bad Boys for Life coming out in 2020. Oh. <laughs> Concussion. I mean, not like... Uh, didn't it see. sucked. Mm. Uh, Bright, which I thought was actually a good movie. If you can just also look, didn't see it. look beyond like the, the, the clear, pl- no, like political undertones. See? Ah, but uh, not his Ali. choice. Dude, he, he was great in Ali. Mm-hmm. Collateral Beauty. Didn't watch it. Tearjerker. After Earth with his son. Probably not good. The Karate Kid. Uh, iRobot was also not good. Yeah, iRobot, I not sucked. good? iRobot was You guys awful. are bonkers. It's fucking awful. That was a great flick. When's the last time you saw it? Whenever it came out. No, you uh, guys are out. Dude, there's a story that he... Men in Black, Wild Wild West. Hey, high hey, what was the movie he turned down to do Wild Wild West? The Matrix. The Matrix. That's 1999. What, what? Yeah, so he fucking turned down The Matrix... To do Wild Wild West. But that's all money. Because then, doesn't Keanu own part of the... So what Keanu mm-hmm. did is, uh, in lieu of payment, he took uh, foreign distribution rights. 
mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're still tracking Will Smith as bad, bad uh, movies. No, I'm just saying he uses his talents for evil. Evil. Does like Tom, evil. Does Tom Cruise try to use his power as an actor to make his <laughs> vote one way? Yes. One way. Is Are you not familiar with the Church of Scientology? Uh, Tom, it's just Tom entertainment. Tom Cruise just wants to entertain us. No way, dude. That guy's got guys, more blood uh, on his hands uh, than anyone. Uh, like, like the new more Top John Gun. Travolta. Have you guys seen the new Top Gun movie? The preview. Yeah. When's it coming out? 2020. Oh, God. I'm so excited Summer for that. blockbuster. I'm so excited for that movie. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? I'm pretty Greta sure Thurgood. I'm going to start calling, I'm gonna start calling you Greta. How dare oh, you? I'm not, aren't you a Scientologist? Partial. Selectively. <laughs> So tell me, okay, so what political agendas does he push? He just what brought movies? it up with the, the Bright deal. One movie. Wild West. To sell, to sell tickets so he can do... So he pushes out some shit so he can get inspired dude, to do great he, things. He, dude. So you're saying... His best work was with Uncle Phil as the French person of Bella. Uh, disagree. Bad boys. No doubt in my mind. Mike I'm Lowry. <laughs> I'm Mike Lowry. He's <laughs> <laughs> no, great, uh, man. Martin... Martin Lawrence? Martin, yeah. Martin Lawrence. Yeah, he Suicide Squad was awful, too. Yeah, so was not his fault, though. Whose fault was that? Director. Oh, it was he, awful. He, he, he had a whole... He, he purposely pushed it. It came out exactly how he thought it... Exactly how he planned it. The director and had, like gave a public apology. He's like, it was exactly my vision. But it clearly wasn't like the fan bases. It was... It's, it's an awful movie. It's, not, it's hard to, like, watch. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty boring. No, a lot I, of hype. I watched it. I can't believe you guys don't like iRobot. I can't believe you don't like Hancock. I can't believe you don't like... I, I am on a Gerard these. Butler kick, though. Mm-hmm. He's fucking awesome. Um, I keep hoping that uh, Angel Has Fallen comes out on uh, oh. on Netflix or Amazon or that. But uh, I, I saw Olympus Has Fallen, and I just can't stand to see like a worse version of that. <laughs> Well, l- they did make it. It's yeah. called London's London Fallen. Fallen. <laughs> and then there's a worse version of that. It's, it's called, called Angels Fallen. No, I, I, it's fucking mm-hmm. like, they're like, ah, the president. But hold on. There's one communicator alive. Oh, thank God. It's whatever his name is. Uh, did y'all see Hunter Killer? Gerard Butler, submarine captain? Mm-mm. It's pretty fucking good. Like, what do they just be like? Um, it's it's hey, it's you're gonna classic. be a submarine captain. Like, oh, but no, Jesus. it's classic. You're gonna World uh, War Three. You're nuclear gonna be a war on submarines. It's classic uh, hunt for Red October. And uh, what was that Matthew McConaughey? It was World War Two set in submarines. U five seven one. Down awesome. Down Periscope. Also good. <laughs> one of the Grammar. best movies. <laughs> Still to this day, one of my favorite movies. Down Periscope. Yeah, Jim Carrey's wife's in that. Yeah. Uh, and they shrunk her. Suit. I don't yeah. know if you remember that. Uh, yeah, stood um, out <laughs> to me in that uh, time. Elizabeth <laughs> Hutton. Elizabeth Hutton. Yeah, she was smoke show. Um, so, what's the major takeaway from this movie list? From what movie list? Sounds like we need. We no were taste? all over the place. No, 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 no. That John has some homework for people, right? Which it, what was the movie again, John? The Dean. Um, oh, a, James, a, a James Dean. Dean James Dean Rebel movie. without and a old, cause. And old James Bond. Yeah, the old so James Rebel Bond without movies. a cause. People have to watch. Highly unlikely that a, a lot of our maybe our listeners like how oh, you've not seen that, Luke. Well, that's on my list. Uh, everybody should actually watch um, at least two Marilyn Monroe movies, like uh, like the Seven Year Itch and like uh, Some Like It Hot with um, God, is that Jack Lemon? 
Um, everybody like I was not a Marilyn Monroe fan until I saw those movies and I became a Marilyn Monroe fan. I was like, man, I like I, mm-hmm. I could never figure out like, yeah, what's the big deal? And then when you see the movies, you're like, okay, I know what the big deal was. Dudes, if you're you've been avoiding Sandra Bullock movies and you also are trying to find a mutually acceptable movie to watch with your lady friend, I think that's safe territory for you. Hope floats. Yeah, like Sandra Bullock rom coms or other Sandra Bullock films. What's the uh, safe territory? Um, I'll tell you, like uh, the other movie I think everybody needs to watch is uh, The Unforgiven mm-hmm. with uh, Clint Eastwood. Um, mm-hmm. To me, like there are probably fewer cinematic moments that are as, as unbelievable as that final scene when he comes in there and this Gene Hackman and he like, whose bar is this in Greeley? And he shoots the dude and he's like, you just shot an armored man. He's like, he's going to decorate a saloon with the, with my, uh, with my friend. He, you know, he better arm himself. And then he gets into that whole gunfight. And like, I remember Gene Hackman's like, I don't deserve this. And he's like, yeah, <sighs> like shoots his face. Like I, to this day, like there is been, been f- fewer movies that I've seen than unforgiven where I've been like, is, is awesome. that where he hides the steel plate under no. his poncho? Which no, that one? no, that was um, uh, Back to the Future. But <laughs> I also, know they stole it. That's how uh, I know it. I, I, I can't remember. It's um, it's not the good. The, is it the good, the bad, and the ugly? I can't remember. But those were all the spaghetti westerns. Mm-hmm. So the, those spaghetti westerns. But the the interesting thing on that Unforgiven is uh, Clint Eastwood bought that screenplay. And he read it, and he knew he wasn't old enough to play the role, so he put it in his safe for, like, 20 years. Oh, wow. And then finally pulled it out and was like, I'm old enough to make this movie. That's awesome. Because he had to, be the, awesome. he had to be the older, retired gunfighter. The Back to Future 3 ripoff was a fistful oh, of dollars. dollars. That's it. Yeah, so it was like a fistful of dollars. Uh, the Good, the Bad, the Ugly. Hang Him High was the other one. Remember where he, like, those guys hang him, and he, like, goes out, and he gets the guys, and he, like, pulls it up, and they see the rope scar. So I love those movies. Lonesome mm-hmm. Dove's another one. Oh, that yeah, that, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, you ever seen what a what a what a what a Henry rifle does? Remember, well, like uh, in the hands of uh, Danny Glover. Oh man, yeah, I I watched that with my mom way back mm-hmm. in VHS. Yeah, I remember that. Man, I love me those. and Ashley watched it a few years ago. Solid. So that's your homework, ladies and gentlemen. Sandra Bullock. list intern. Yeah. He's over there taking notes. Um, and then let's see. What else are, did are we, we learn? Are we suggesting watch these over Game Changer? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Obviously. Well, we already did all the deep dive. Just know yeah. game, game Changers, nonsense. So at Thanksgiving dinner where people are asking you about it, just be like, oh, great. Okay, you're a vegetarian now. I'll take your meat and your meat and your meat. It's more meat for us. Mm-hmm. Is there such thing as a vegetarian or, or vegan turkey substitute? Um, tofu. Yeah, I guess it'd have to be that. Uh, I heard about a new, and I thought it was a joke, but uh, Harry Heppenstall asked me. Um, I think it's called a. Uh, what is it called? Like a firstitarian, or um, there is such thing as a, a fruititarian. No, there's a fruititarian. What was it? It was uh, basically like predominantly plant based. But if there's an opportunity to eat meat because somebody else is paying for it. Like on a date, he, they eat meat. I forgot what he, he he told me that was. He's like, oh, he like made some comment. I'm like, what's that? And he's like, oh, it's uh, 
it's for for girls or for people that uh, only are pretty much plant based all the time. Flexitarian. Yeah, flexitarian. Semi vegetarian. But, but then when you go out on a date and a dude's paying for the steak, they order the steak, and I was like, so sounds like a opportunist. Yeah, opportunist. Oh, you're taking me to dinner? Sweet, I'm gonna get ribs. Do you ever eat ribs? No, I never pay for ribs. Mm -hmm. But if you're buying, I'm in. I'm in. I'm hungry now. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been another episode of the Premier Podcast <laughs> and Strength and Conditioning. The Premier Podcast and Strength and Conditioning. Ing. Ing. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Drop on, drop on, drop on. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. If you're hearing my voice, that means you somehow survived 30 minutes of James Bond and Mission Impossible talk. So congratulations, you are now 100 years old. Don't forget, tickets are limited for the 2019 Symposium in Austin, Texas, December 5th through 7th. You can get those at events.powerathletehq.com. Until next time, bye! Bye!